0: For more Red FM podcasts, go to redfm.ie forward slash podcasts.
1: Many of the papers this morning, including the red tops, who do a lot of it in color, obviously, they've got photographs from all over, particularly the West, for talking about up to 10 centimeters of of uh, snow in parts of the uh, West. I've seen video footage sent to me from Clare, actually, yesterday. I don't know that we got to share them online, but uh, quite an amount uh, of disruption in the West of the country. Uh, And then, while snow batters the country, we now have refugees in tents. The front page of the Mail today, around 60 refugees, sleeping in tents overnight due to severe severe a uh, shortage of accommodation, temperatures plummeting uh, down to uh, zero and below, well below. So the Mail said that roughly 60 international protection applicants were in tented accommodation in County Clare because the government had nowhere else to put them. Now they're very, very different. International protection order applicants are very different to refugees or asylum seekers who are coming in, say, as an example, uh, from war-torn um, Ukraine. Um, and for, unfortunately a lot of the criticism of those coming into the country is around some of those who are coming in under an international protection order. They're not expected, they're not known about, they arrive. Um, and unfortunately some of them arrive without any uh, documentation whatsoever. Who knows what they've done with them. But they call it immoral that anyone should um, sleep in a tent as the snow falls. Yes, it is immoral whether you're coming in from overseas or indeed the Irish people that I've spoken to Over the years, certainly in the last couple of years, in doorways uh, and indeed in tents or sleeping in their cars. And then the mirror this morning has a grandmother speaking out about her fears of uh, homelessness because she will be homeless. She's 55 years old and she's been told that she must now move out of her two bedroom apartment by the end of the month. She has nowhere to go and she is caught in eviction hell, she says, and the government doesn't care Why has this happened, says the granny? Because they lifted the eviction ban. And the examiner then talks about teachers and professionals also being priced out of rental. Um, And there's an example of a Limerick school teacher who will lose her home after the government's decision to lift the eviction ban this week. Uh, The horrors of renting in Ireland, she talks about. Um, It's an extraordinary story because she's been living there and renting. Their secondary school teacher, Katrina, uh, and she's been given notice to quit. Uh, for the property that she's been in for five years. And she said uh, that it came at a time when she was being asked for a 25% rent increase, despite the fact that the house that she's renting is in a rent pressure zone where the maximum annual increase is limited to 4%. The brass neck of them, you know, whereas a 4% per annum increase, the brass neck of them, even thinking that could get away with asking for a 25% uh, rent increase. And on top of all of that, she could well lose her job because she has to drive to work. Or sorry, she has to be near work. And she says, if I can't find another place, I won't be able to go into work and do my job, she says, because I don't have a car. See how that story impacts on many other people's lives and up to and including the children that she teaches in school. And then, of course, we had another clash between party leaders yesterday. Would you like me to play a couple of minutes of the audio from yesterday? It was uh, Mihal Martin and... Uh, uh, the Sinn Féin uh, Finance, uh, Pierre Stoherty. I think Holly Kearns as well got involved in the heated exchange, but I, I haven't come across any of that audio. If I find it, I, I will play it. But certainly there was no holes barred again yesterday. All, all they do is row and bicker and point score. The clash of the parties on the eviction banning row makes the story that makes the sun today because it rolls on for another day. How they're, what they're doing about fixing it or sorting it, don't know, but they're very good about arguing about it. And then from the court yesterday, there was a woman caught with heroin Uh, hidden in her bra yesterday um, and she uh, was in the court. Well, she actually wasn't in court yesterday. The trial continued without her uh, and she was found guilty in her absence. And the judge now has issued a warrant for her arrest. Um, The story goes that there were 15 bags of diamorphine. That's 15 bags of heroin to you and me found concealed in a bra. Um, And the papers this morning carry the court case alongside another one, actually, uh, which uh, is an extraordinary story of a motorist who was caught driving without insurance 33 times your man was caught driving without insurance. Um, And in the past, that is. Uh, And he's now been sentenced to five months jail for committing the same offence yet again. I think he might have got the last two months. Yeah, he did. He got the last two suspended. He'll go in for three months and probably serve, what, like half that? Alan Duggan from uh, Mayfield. It's an interesting story. So 33 times. He had 149 previous convictions the same guy. But the story is interesting because uh, the the defence was um, that he was doing up cars and he was doing up a particular car and selling it and that the other man that he was involved in this kind of work with uh, wasn't able to... uh, to work that day or drive the car that day to wherever it needed to go so Duggan apparently took a chance and he drove the car back from Buttofon to Cork but was stopped by the Garda on the way so he decides that when uh, the disqualified was disqualified at the time when he dis- the disqualified motorist spotted the Garda checkpoint he turned off the road fled on foot actually denied that he'd been driving the vehicle all in the first, time, first place but made the courts yesterday it's Liam Heal and copy, and uh, he's going to go and cool his heels now for a couple of months because of that 33 times we were talking yesterday uh, and i see emails coming in from people who are driving uninsured because they literally are taking a gamble because they can't afford. Others, of course, have dodgy and fake insurance discs. Uh, and I've just reminded of that with the man, 33 times cost. Cot. And, um, you know, when you when you talk about issues involving uh, our lives um, and the work that was done, say, during COVID, do you remember all of those people that were promised the 1,000 uh, COVID pandemic payment? Would you believe um, that uh, around 10,600 frontline staff have still not received the pandemic payment? Are you one of them? I'd like to hear from you. Text 0868104106. This is three years after COVID was declared a global emergency and many people put their shoulders to the wheel. They were told they were going to get a, a €1,000 tax-free uh, bonus, uh, a pandemic payment, a thank you. Um, staff, including private nursing homes and other workers, uh, potentially exposed, exposed to COVID at the time, 10,600 of them still have not got the payment. It shouldn't surprise you, the state are actually very slow to pay, you know. There's an awful lot of hotels and guest houses they are owed big money by the state still for Ukrainian refugee Um, uh, rooms and uh, accommodation. But then apparently uh, you have all sorts of different frauds. And this is important enough for the independent to put it on their front page. It's fraudsters who are are targeting retirees, anybody over the age of 55. And they've become so elaborate now with regards to their scam that they actually pretend to be reputable businesses and reputable business firms. And they swindle people out of their life savings because they're also replicating the brochures and the branding and the different types of investment schemes that are actually done by legit investment companies. And they hound people and they plague people with phone calls and emails and text messages offering all sorts of bogus investment opportunities. They just pretend to be another company. F off back to Ireland, you pigs, as a front-page story making the star. Probably should have led with this because uh, this is uh, an unfortunate story for the former Lord Mayor of Dublin. He was on Joe Duffy yesterday. Himself and his son, right, had to fight for their lives in a hotel lobby. They went over uh, Tuesday night for the Chelsea-Barusa uh, game in the Champions League knockout stage. Went back to the hotel to cut a long story short. They decided to go for a pint. Son went up to the bar. Um, starts getting hassled from a group of fellas. Uh, eventually gets hit in the head with a bottle. Down he goes. Then dad, as in the former Lord Mayor of Dublin, Nile Ring, also gets set upon when he tries to go and help his son. There's an awful awful assault on both of them and the papers this morning carry photographs of their injuries. The police were called um F off back to Ireland. Uh, F off back to Ireland, you Irish pigs, is what they were shouting at them. Um, And this is back in West London and Stamford Bridge, which will be Chelsea territory. Now, I'll say nothing at all about soccer teams and indeed the fans that they attract. But Niall Ring said that he remembers these kind of characters from London in the 80s, the kind of national front type guys uh, shouting stuff across at us. It went from uh, bad to worse, actually, from shouting to an attack and a battering. And that's the story that makes the Red Tops today. Is an extraordinary man who is going to climb, um, um, jog or crawl. Uh, Patrick's Hill, St. Patrick's Hill, fondly known as Patrick's Hill. He's going to do it 65 times. Uh, his name is Padraig Carroll from Carrigaline, and he's doing it to raise funds for cystic fibrosis. It's part of the charity's 65 Roses Day. Uh, they use that term 65 Roses because it's uh, easier for kids to be able to relate to cystic fibrosis. You know, 65 Roses, I love that. I love that connection. Might get an opportunity to uh, wish Padraig well on air and have a quick chat with him at some stage in the coming days because he's going to do it Saturday, April f- uh, uh, 15th. I could do it once and that's it. I could go up and down. Maybe a couple of times on an electric bike But 65 times I bet you he's got to be rightly fit And then if you have a dodgy box And many people do have dodgy boxes well i'm not saying it's going to be the end of them but they certainly are attracting an awful lot of attention so much so there's going to be a crackdown on illegal tv streaming networks um you know the dodgy boxes across the country and you can get them to you know you get everything for free through them all of the channels all the premium channels all the sports channels, everything i think all the movies well there, apparently there's going to be a big crackdown firstly starting with a warning to shut down and uh, thereafter I don't know what they're going to do but the counties they're going to target include Limerick and Cork and Dublin and Wexford and Offaly Uh, there's more counties included than not included I suppose there are dodgy boxes in every single county but they mightn't all be originating with regards to the service in every single county in Ireland Uh, but they're going to target 12 counties because they figure they're the ones that an awful lot of these dodgy boxes are actually the business setup is there and then uh, as we head into the uh, St. Patrick's uh, weekend celebrations. Did you know that Guinness are giving away 50,000 free pints of Guinness Zero Stout? It's actually quite nice Guinness Zero. It really is. It replicates the Guinness in every single way and it ain't too bad in taste either. So they're giving away 50 free pints in a few selected pubs across Ireland. And I'm happy to say that one of them is John O's in Douglas. So more on that a little later on this morning. Uh, O'Donoghue's in Dublin is another one and John O's down in, in Douglas is a, is a second. So uh, 300 different locations across Ireland and four Uh, participating iconic pub facades will be rebranded that doesn't matter the rebranding thing it's the free pints everybody wants to know about and there's an interesting headline I love the way that they can get headlines to to rhyme Brits too grotty for Lanzarotti Brits to Grotti for Lanzarote. I don't think that's necessarily fair on them, uh, but you can't beat a good headline. But apparently what they're saying is that Lanzarote now has gone past its limits with the amount of tourists that it can take, particularly during the upcoming summer. So they're becoming a lot more selective as to whom they're going to allow in or limit. Thankfully, they're leaving us alone, but they want a higher quality tourist, apparently, like the Germans. The Germans, who at six o'clock in the morning descend upon the pools and the pool benches and the loungers at six o'clock in the morning and they lay out their towels and they put their books down and they put an old pair of slippers down next to it and they leg it. They're the Germans that they want to attract while the poor old Brits who get up later and amble down in their own time and don't say boo to a fly, they're being told, nah, you're too grotty for us in Lanzarote. We want the Germans are said. But we've all witnessed people I mean, hand on heart. I'm not German, but I've done it once or twice myself. Have the, you the sunbeds? Yeah. Um, I, well, you know, nabbing a sunbed at six in the morning.
2: Yeah, I, I've seen it happen. Um, I definitely seen like the flock. It's a bit like something out of the, the, the Lion King. You know, the wildebeests just the descending on yeah. the yeah. Germans, and the Scandinavians. I have stayed in a hotel uh, last year. I was telling you. I think I was telling you about it on a previous program. I stayed in Cyprus uh, last September, and they had a brilliant system. And I think all hotels should adopt this system, right? They had enough beds for everyone in the hotel, but the what they had was every sunbed and the parasol had a pouch in it, <laughs> and you were given a card, like a green card, when you first checked in, and you put your card in the pouch, and then that's yours. If you decide to move, you can take the green card out, but once you keep the card in the pouch, that's yours, reserved for. And like, the number of day. the
1: parasol and the loungers on the on the yes, yeah, so card.
2: basically it's just it's just if you see a, if you see a pouch that has a card in it, then don't sit down there because it's somebody else's. Or if you you know it's I think it's
1: if it's there all day you never use it you are reserving something that you're it not using
2: it, do, it doesn't matter like because, one for everyone because basically when people check out Theirs
1: becomes free okay, and you can move okay. in. it. It does it's hard work to really a well. knock a hole in that story. It's hard to knock a hole in yeah, it. Yeah. 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 Anyway, <laughs> it's actually good to be talking about fighting for loungers on the beaches of Lanzarote, isn't it? In the month of, March, month of March, because we have a lot to look forward to. I know I mentioned all sorts of things regarding Mystic Meg yesterday. Incredibly accurate woman uh, and died at the age of, of 80. She makes the sun again today. But there's another story. For those of you can remember, uh, Melanie Verwood, who was the partner girlfriend of the great. German Jerry Ryan back in the day when he died so front page on in the sun today because she's written a book apparently where she says I spoke to Jerry Ryan in the afterlife I think she talks about it more in her new book which is called over the next few hours she says I had the most extraordinary experience of my life she was with a, a psychic um, he channeled Jerry and relayed things that only Jerry Ryan knew and it totally blew my mind that's an interesting story with regards to psychics because an awful lot of people visit psychics and the story then from Mystic Meg the news broke yesterday morning she died at the age of 80 what did she predict? Well she predicted that there was going to be a jailbreak using a helicopter uh, and colleagues at the newspaper said you're insane soon after um, back there in the the 1970s three IRA members of the IRA fled Mountjoy prison in a chopper. She loved horses she once met a foal and predicted it would become one of the greatest racehorses ever. Its name, Desert Orchid. She predicted that Princess Diana and Prince uh, had Prince William in 1982, and she said she'd have a second baby in 1984, and the second baby would be a troubled child. And along came Harry. I could go on and on, actually. Um, and she predicted uh, an awful lot of national lottery wins, apparently, right down to the person's uh, work place, and also. To the uh, county, I mean, there's loads of them, loads and loads and loads, and it makes the sun today. If you're a believer in in psychics. Mystic Meg apparently was one of the best. For others, it's a bit of fun. I know that. It's a bit of a laugh. Back after the break, text 0868104106.
3: Talk to Neil Prenderbill now. 0818104106. Cork's
1: Red FB. Love this text. First time after 15 years renting and faced with eviction, my hobby and I, for the first time ever, have finally managed to save and to buy. And hopefully this week coming, it will be signed. Yeah. Eating bread for a while, I suppose, but with a roof over our own heads, at least, that we ultimately will own. People stay hopeful and never give up. There's a very positive text to start out our Friday morning. Well done. You got there. Congratulations. May you enjoy every day in it and may others be like you in the coming months and years, if at all possible. Interestingly, you talk about getting your own home. I don't know what you're paying, what kind of interest rate you're paying there. But um, we were looking at the cost of buying a house here in Ireland now and then looking at ten years ago or twenty years ago. And because I was sent in the I was sent by email a very interesting one from nineteen ninety-three, the mortgage rates from nineteen ninety-three. And you think things are bad now, or if you went back to eighty three, you'd be looking at mortgage rates of about sixteen percent. Hard to believe I know, but sixteen percent. And when you move in then ten years ago, ten years further to nineteen ninety three, the average mortgage rate in 1993 for say a 20 year mortgage was 8.3% 8.3% for an average 20 year mortgage if it was a shorter loan it was 12 and 13% so they were quite high and interestingly back in 93 as well you got 90% finance from the bank and your mortgage was 2.5 times salary plus 1 second salary so 2.5 times yours if you're Paddle in your own canoe, if there's two of you, two and a half times one and one second salary. And that was it. Now, house prices, of course, were an awful lot cheaper. An awful lot cheaper in terms of scale. Anyway, we'll come back to that and lots more besides and also issues involving eviction. I want to apologise to Ian Stewart, though, because I didn't get to him yesterday because of of time constraints, but I did want to chat to him regarding his ma'am. Ian, good morning. Good morning, Neil. How Um, are you? I'm well, and more to the point, how's your mother? Because she's been trapped at home now, and it's almost coming up to a year, I'm told it's
4: coming up chapter one uh, yeah nine months
5: yeah
1: and why why trapped in the home why can't she
5: get out well she was in hospital for five months uh, due to a
4: fall in the home where she broke her wrist Uh, she has osteoporosis and um, she has arthritis as well and so she's a very frail lady so that that uh, ended
1: up then with her falling um, suffering bone breaks and ending up in hospital where then she subsequently had a couple of strokes, I think.
4: She had two strokes, yeah. Uh, God. Which uh, really set her back all together. Okay. She came home then from hospital. So she would have come home school. then in a
1: wheelchair, right?
4: She came home in a wheelchair, yeah. and This was the start of it, um, where she was afraid to come home because she couldn't get into the, into the property. Uh, see, the, going back for you to 2018, where she had a ball in Bandon, where she broke her uh, leg, her arm, she broke her pelvis, she had a bleed to the brain, where she spent uh, 12 weeks in hospital then. Um, Since then, she has been the fear of God since of of falling, and falling. Falling, yeah, Yeah. the main thing. uh, And unfortunately,
1: she did fall again, as you said. Unfortunately, you
4: can't devise in the back of your head, we're watching her 24-7. Myself and my sister, Um, Sharon who sadly passed away on the 12th of December just before Christmas oh my god very unexpectedly? yeah unexpectedly she lasted three weeks in hospital and passed away peacefully
1: so your mum's back home at that stage but can't go to the funeral my mum could
4: not get out the door Um, she watched her daughter's mass on television she she still hasn't it still hasn't sunk in because she still hasn't seen her daughter being married you know, she just couldn't get out the door which is very sad for her, you know, Uh, very sad for us all, uh, really Um, but yeah um, that's where we stand at the moment Um, we have, the call really is uh, about the uh, council whereas we applied uh, for a grant for uh, wheelchair accessibility um, a ramp a ramp would sort of ramp, it, yeah. simple ramp a ramp, yeah. something, anything anything anything, um, just to get her out of the house for the yeah. time being yeah. because we live in the hill
1: and there is and a grant have... available is there Ian?
4: there is a government grant to get available but it's uh, through the uh, car County Council
1: so you get an X amount of money and then somebody comes along and they build the ramp, I don't know is it with concrete and steel or stuff like that is it?
4: Yeah, and she was, uh, we applied for um, a wet room because she's a downstairs patient now and uh, uh, an engineer from the Cork County Council came out, done all the measurements, um, I left her to it because I didn't know really what length and, and what what needed to be done. Yeah, But she had done it all and she said, eh, well, it'll be a long process. So I said, okay, that's fine. Time went by. We got other phone calls and stuff and we were told by a person in uh, Cork County Council that it will be 2024 because all the, all the jobs for 2023 were allocated. And, and I said, oh, that's, you know, this is, uh, this is a top priority as uh, we had letters from TDs. And when they the say
1: doctors. all allocated, as in all funding is allocated...
4: All the funding is allocated because you do. The, you uh, get suppose. the work done, don't you? No, it's they send out their contractors. They get their own contractors.
1: Okay, so it's 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 uh, a grant, all right. But it they they actually do the work.
4: They do the work, yeah. They do the work. They yeah. get a couple of contractors, I suppose. And whoever is, yeah, you're not the even sure then
1: whether or not it would even be done next year. But your mother remains housebound.
4: Housebound, yeah, uh, and she she she's one. Um, Using the kitchen and a commode, which is inhumane, to uh, toilet. She's being washed in the bed every morning. And this has to continue for another possibly 16 months. we oh, say 12 many. months to yeah. 16 months. Yeah.
1: And do you mind me asking nope. well, what kind of age your mum is? My mum is 72. Yeah, okay.
4: And my mum was uh, a woman that worked two jobs, walked to town two and three times a day dragging bags, um, she's well known in Bandon as a lovely lady hard working lady um, we can't even go to town nowadays and I can't get back for 2-3 to three hours talking to people about my mum
1: she's so you much know? respected
4: absolutely, absolutely sounds like a very
1: independent woman before the strokes and the wheelchair to me
4: yeah, yeah, and every day I all I hear from her is it's very tough. Um, is all I'd love, all I'd want, is to have my two legs back underneath me, which is never going to
1: happen. I know, again. I know. But at least get out and you get know. a bit of independence. Is there any carpenters get out that could get knock a bit of fresh Is air, there any carpenter? You know? Yeah, I know. But is there any carpenters that could knock together a ramp, even temporary?
6: We we
4: actually had to make one ourselves. Neil. we made one ourselves, and uh, she's still too afraid, isn't it, because it's not pinned to the ground, she's that af- that afraid.
1: Is, can, you lift even, the, can you lift the
4: wheelchair? We can. It's yeah. just, uh, it's the fear, it's, there's so much fear in her. She's, she knows that if we get her to the wheelchair, she's going out the door because I, I would lift her up and she is just too afraid. Too afraid. The fear of God is in her. I don't know how much, I suppose, like the aim would be get her into the chair and lift her out the door. Uh, oh, so she won't allow
1: that, is it, she won't, allow, she won't allow it. She doesn't want yeah. to get into the chair, even.
4: Yeah. So because she the ramp. knows where it's going.
1: Yeah, but so sure, the ramp won't make any difference, then, will it? She won't well, get into the
4: chair. Uh, it, that's, not, that's not tied to the ground That's not tied to the ground uh, because she heard us making it. And then she says, when I get out, she said, sure, the Hills on a slant, which it is. We're living on a hill. And I'll fall out there, the door will close on me. I won't be able to get into the car.
1: All this—it's it, just to be great if you could work on her confidence, wouldn't it?
4: Confidence is shot. Confidence is gone. It's gone uh, since 2018. Plus, this didn't help. Now, since either. the
1: fall in 2018, with the legs and the arms and the pelvis and the bleed to the brain. Yeah. My God, she she she's been through. The yeah, yeah. She's been through yeah. the horrors, the misfortune. Is she a bit COVID? Yeah. She's a bit COVID fear as well. You know, you hear of people who are still yeah, going sure, through the horrors um, and want- not wanting to go out.
4: Well, there was that too, because when she was in hospital, uh, she was transferred to St. Finbarr's before she came home um, four months ago. Uh, she went there for physio and she ended up catching COVID inside mm-hmm. in St. Finbar's where she was isolated for 10 days in the room. Then when she was cleared of that, we were very, very worried because she has COPD as well. And once uh they were cleared after ten days for that, uh someone else in the room caught it so even though she couldn't catch it again but she could um transmit it. So yeah. she was trapped for another twenty days yeah. where she got no physio inside and so. I wouldn't be surprised
1: if she's a bit of a bit afraid to go out because of all of that as well, you know?
4: But, but, well, it could be know, that too late yeah. because she all hasn't right. been out since, since all that. I know. Uh,
1: so there, there's well. no ramp and there's no wet room and she uses a commode and you have to sponge wash and things like that. It's, it's not very dignified for anybody, is it? Particularly somebody no, that not. age with those health challenges. No, um, no, and, and, uh, and, and you'd like to see them to speed it up and get it done faster, obviously.
4: Well, I'd like them to stick to their word. That's all. I'm, that's all. I am. Uh, I,
1: um, they kind of. kind of are, though, aren't they? But they're saying, yeah, no problem, we'll do it, but it will be sometime next year.
4: It be That was. That was the, the plan going forward, right? And I actually accepted that, and I said, okay, if that's the way it's going to be, I, I expect there is. Uh, you're busy and you have jobs allocators, but I had a phone call with a lady. That's all I'll say from from Cork County Council. Uh, in connection with mum and we had mum as a top priority and I said why can't this be done oh because she's not a top priority one and I said how many top priorities have you got top priorities there should be top priority oh top priority one is for people coming out of hospital that can't access their home and I said well my mum should have been classed as uh, top priority one because she couldn't access her home. She had to be lifted into it. And I said, since she has been lifted into it, she hasn't been back out of it. Yeah. And I said, what kind of category would you call that?
1: Yeah. You know? Yeah. And the response? Um, oh,
4: no. And the response was, oh, it will be done, it will be done, it will be done, it will be done. And cut a long story short, we got a phone call. Sorry, I, uh, sorry, apologies. I had spoken to this lady um, roughly around three weeks ago. Where um, she was being bombarded with letters from doctors, occupational therapists, physiotherapists, TDs, to try and get a grip of this and get some kind of like. I understand, yeah, I understand, yeah, yeah, go ahead. Logical logical explanation, and uh, she told me that, um, or the engineer would be out, uh, being uh, an engineer to see what work had been done, their own engineer. First of all, they wrote us a letter. Sorry, I'm uh, going backwards forward, No, keep, um, it,
1: keep it tight and keep it as short as you can because we don't, don't, we don't need the whole detail. Do you know what I'm saying?
4: Well, that whole detail is important because when the engineer came out, he said yeah. it, uh, we got a letter saying, um, sorry, can't be done, no access. This case is closed. Jack Blunt. Three, li- three lines in a letter. All right. So I rang them and I said, why? And there's no access from the bottom maybe an alleyway out the back uh, of the house oh, you couldn't um, come up from the back of the alley. And I said, I wasn't talking about that. I said, if the engineer knew, he should have went to the top. And he, uh, I was told, "Oh, well, that's called the sack. He had the...
1: All right, okay, the, okay. That's, that's, the, that's, he, that's a lot of detail, and I don't have time for that much detail. Mm-hmm. All we want to know well, is... A long story yeah. short,
4: uh, Neil, uh, he had the plans. I didn't know what plans he had, because if he looked up the alley, there's no cul-de-sac. Right. And that's what I was talking about. There's okay. plenty of access. Okay. okay. So he came back out and said, yeah sorry. there was ample access to um to get into our backyard, yeah, and the job could be done,
3: yeah,
4: so she told me four weeks ago it's granted, and I said, okay, fair enough, right, but the wait time was still there yesterday with the phone call, cause I rang her back, my mum was first upset, thinking she had to move it's the family
1: home, it, obviously, yeah
4: this is a family home yeah. she's there forty five years okay, yeah. And I said, "Look, when you told me to grant granted." Oh, no, she said, "I never told you it was granted. Just the barefaced lie to my face." And I said, "So what's happening now?" I just. I, she was very, very uh, abrupt woman. All right, I don't day.
1: need that kind of detail with regards to identifying mm. anybody. So yesterday, well, how did that conversation? Okay, but how did that conversation end up yesterday? Though I wonder.
4: It ended up. Um, saying that, oh, she will. I, I'll still leave her on the list, I'll still leave her on the list, uh, so you're back to square one again. But to be light, I'm, not, I'm a quiet person. Yeah, I don't appreciate
7: that. I know. I wouldn't you, say something yeah. I wasn't told. I know
1: you're just frustrated. Clearly, you are because of it's your mum. I'm ma'am. angry, I, I'm yeah. cross. You road. are, yeah, and because it's your mum, and it looks as if it's not going to be resolved, and that she's a number, and then everybody gets prioritised yeah, into she different, needs different categories. she's she deteriorating, and she's
4: deteriorating. She needs
1: to be out. She needs air, yeah, and she's nervous yeah. about going out at the best of times. So, yeah. wh- what's the next move? Would um, you do you want? Because you, you seem to have an awful lot of people in your corner. Uh, what if we were to pose a query to Cork County Council as to where they are with uh, priority um, cases like your ma'am and ramps for access to somebody trapped in their home? Would that work?
4: Yes, it would yeah. be a great help. And, yeah. But it also
1: highlights help. how maybe other people are in a similar scenario to yourself who uh, might have i I'd, yeah. I'd say
4: there is. I'd say okay. there uh, yeah. is. I did have one, one word yesterday. I said, even a broken toilet, I said where well, you have plumbers and stuff to come out and they said you're waiting only three weeks so for that to be fixed Yeah. so I know about the extension
1: Yeah, okay, let's see what they say in the matter Ian and we'll see if we can update on it, but thank you for now uh, shocking scenario that your ma'am uh, finds herself in bus with some of the stories that we're hearing these days from people who are tenants of Cork City Council or Cork County Council or indeed if you saw and I did watch primetime investigates last night as I promised I would I know I didn't get to see it when it aired but how the elderly were treated particularly during during COVID I mean the stats were were shocking actually when you look at the breakdown uh, of COVID deaths we had 8,675 number of deaths attributed uh, to COVID or indeed had COVID on the death cert. But 31% of those total deaths, as in nearly 2,700, the actual accurate figure is 2,693 of those deaths were in nursing homes. And one of the big questions that's going to be, need to be asked amongst others in this uh, in this public inquiry is, uh, why, when people tested positive for COVID in nursing homes, in the close proximity of other elderly people, were they left in nursing homes and not brought to proper isolation in hospitals and indeed why were positive uh, COVID patients moved from hospitals positive and into uh, nursing homes uh, I'll come back to that after 10 for sure text 868
3: This is the Neil Prenderville Show Text in WhatsApp 086-8104-106. Cork's Red FM.
1: Friday morning, so it's a free food Friday again this week. Courtesy of ourselves and Roosters, Piri Piri, Douglas and Blackpool Retail Park. So you need to text who you are and where you are to 086-8104-106. And you never know, you and your work colleagues could be Receiving a delivery of very delicious food that will feed up to 15 or 20 of you from Roosters Piri Piri, Douglas and Blackpool Retail Park. So text or WhatsApp who you are and where you are 0868 104 106. And we'll come back to this um, after 10 with the first bunch of shout outs. We're talking a lot recently about uh, tattoos this week, of course, and tattoo removal. Um, And, you know, I was asking for all sorts of different stories related to people who got tattoos and regretted it Uh, claire has an extraordinary story i have to say and originally sent it to me in a lengthy email which i obviously could you know read out but it's better to chat with people on air she was telling me in the email that she started getting tattoos at 16 but she says my most recent one was because of a horrible experience quite sensitive she says i was a victim of rape Uh, and claire picks up the story with me live claire good morning
8: Neil, how are you?
1: I'm good, and I'm so sorry for what you went through. An awful experience, and clearly awful nightmares you say as a result of that um h- h- like h- how much of that are you are you are you comfortable to share?
8: Yeah, so I suppose it was an incident back in two thousand and eighteen, and um I kind of would have had nightmares for a while after, yeah. and one morning I woke up with quite a deep scar on my my left um, arm. So I kind of tied with the idea for a while. Would I cover it? Would I not? Would I leave it? So I decided, because normally when I get tattoos, I kind of have them in places where, you know, you can cover them up. But it, because it was on my arm, I said, you know, look, okay, I made a decision, I put a lot of thought into it. I wanted to replace something kind of horrible with something kind of special, really, a memory from travels. So, went about... Um,
1: you missed it? Yeah, yeah. Where would the scar come from?
8: Basically, it was a nightmare, and it was quite a violent nightmare. Oh, my God.
1: Yeah. Oh and my God. Um, So violent yeah. that it left a scar.
8: Yeah, I actually scared myself. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty horrific. No, it, like, it was just a scar on my arm. It wasn't a major big one, you know, and it healed very well. But I just kind of wanted to replace it with something nice, rather than the memory of every time I looked at it. You know, you're you're going back to oh, that's because of a nightmare that I had because of an incident.
1: I know, and and, and so, stop me now at any time you want. Yeah, but, yeah. But you, are you saying that because of what you went through, were you were you you were were you self harming?
8: Oh no, God, no, no no. I literally had a very violent nightmare, and when I woke, had a scar in my arm.
1: My God.
8: Yeah, yeah. I suppose, like the nightmare was basically, um, I was obviously fighting somebody off, and I scratched my own arm. That That's deeply happens. Yeah, yeah.
1: Okay, and can yeah. I ask you, like, without going into the details uh-huh. of it itself, obviously, because it's a difficult thing to relive if you're having nightmares. But were, were, did this result in a criminal prosecution and court and things?
8: No, to okay. be honest, I did go through the whole process and. Um, I went as far as questioning the senior DPP, which I won't get into. All right. Um, okay. But okay. basically, he got off scot-free.
1: Okay. Never happened. Never yeah. happened. Never yeah. got a day in court. Yeah.
8: Okay. okay. Never okay. got a day in court. And um, yeah, he walks scot-free.
1: Hard to live with that, I'd say.
8: Hard to live with it. Um, but I did. I did right by myself, and I can see why people won't go forward to go through the procedure you know you listen to some pretty horrible comments making a statement is quite difficult um, I would be a very confident person and it, it broke me after
1: No we we do hear of how people are treated in court when they get into court mm-hmm. as witnesses to what happened to them of course um, yeah. and, and and what the other side say and investigate but did you take a bit of battering in your journey to try and get it into court?
8: Um, I suppose personally you, you do take a lot on you know um, even down to random comments from people you wouldn't expect, you know. Well, at least you know he's guilty because he had a, p- a particular solicitor. And I'm like, well, I, I'm well aware of how guilty
1: but he is. I don't want to go into the detail of any yes. of that, but it's an awful thing that people you thought you knew well would say nasty things. Um, that's
8: yeah. Well, makes... I suppose you know they're saying things in a moment, and they don't realise what they're saying. And I suppose in in a situation like that, you are extra sensitive. Right. It's
1: another violation. You know. But anyway, yeah. but listen, I I, I won't dwell because it's difficult enough for you. But thank you for your your openness in that regard. So this this scar, um, you you wanted to have it covered.
8: I wanted to cover it, yeah, with something quite pretty. So I picked the flower of barley, and. Um, did my research on who I would like to do it, and went in, had an appointment, spoke with the tattooist. I kind of had an understanding that the tattooist mightn't have fully gripped where he was coming from.
1: No, I don't either. So, what is the flower yeah. of Bali?
8: Oh, I can't pronounce the name, but it's like frangipani or something like that. Oh, it's, a, it's actually it's it pr- comes in all different colours. So it's the yeah. native flower of Bali. Yeah.
1: Okay. Right.
8: So um, do they make a names of it though? They made a bit of a hames with, it in a sense, like I was requesting, um, I kind of thought the person didn't understand where I was coming from, so I sent it all in writing to them after. And they said, that's fine. And I know tattooists won't give you a design beforehand, but uh, the particular Tattooist was saying to me right before the appointment, they didn't have it ready, half 11 that night. I think I got a slight of a drawing. It looked like beautiful. And um, yeah, so I was quite emotional that I was going to... Re- be replacing it with something.
1: Now, why was the flower of Bali important to you?
8: I suppose I have travelled there, and it was a very um, it was a nice time in my life. And it's just a beautiful flower anyway. It's something okay. I love.
1: But so, would it not yeah. be very painful for a tattoo to be put upon a scar?
8: Um, I well, not for me anyway. No.
1: With needles and everything, though.
8: No? Well, tattoos are painful enough in. in in a sense,
1: like okay, 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 okay. <laughs> but you didn't currently, like yeah. you didn't pay for it and everything, but
8: paid for it. Um, it it wasn't overly uh, same as what the picture I was given on the day. Like, um, and I said, look, I'll allow for time to heal, or whatever. But one of the colours was quite different to what was. On the picture, so I gave it time and I spoke to the owner, and they said, "Look, pop in." Um, the tattooist said they'd go over it with the colour white, um, even though I knew myself when I had gone to two other tattooists and they said, "No, it won't work." So I said, "Look, I'll go in." Benefit of the doubt, and um, the tattooist tried to go over it. I knew myself it was the wrong size needle. So, and yeah, I said okay. it and they tried to get the right size needle no one had it so I said look you can stop we'll, okay. we'll leave it at that right. had, we'll so you can so you left it, it at that then yeah. yeah Yeah. but then the worst side of it was when I went to speak to the, the owners of the, the place the studio um, one of them was quite um adamant that I was wrong they were right it must have been my skin changed the colour of the the ink and but stuff I suppose like
1: you're, you know what are you going to do about that he says she says unless you go yeah. to a small claims yeah. court or stuff like that but the problem is yeah, no, it's course, not worth is, that no like no nah, nah, you had a bad yeah. enough experience and this on top of it you know because there'd be an awful lot of bad memories and the, the grief yeah. and the experience of what you went through and on top of this you got this thing that you're not happy with that was done um, so it does you know it it, it doesn't help
8: no. Yeah. No, it's still quite a beautiful tattoo. Everyone admires it, but I'm left with a bad taste in my mouth because of the experience in the studio and how I was dealt with. Yeah, it.
1: No, but know. look, I know,
8: that's know. neither here nor there. But yeah. um
1: So when we started yeah, talking I'm, about tattoo stories earlier in the week, clearly, you know, you had a tattoo story to tell. Sadly yeah. for what happened to you yes. earlier in your life, you know. Do you, are you are you looking to have it removed?
8: I'm not looking to have that particular one removed because I um, I have another tattooist who's going to do a slight little design over it to just enhance it and to get rid of the the wrong colour, basically. But I do have quite a few that could do it removing. I one in particular. <laughs> <laughs> I suppose you get them when you're younger, and then as you grow up, it's like yes, they've all had a meaning.
1: But I would. Prefer how many? Without wanting to be overly personal, how many have you?
8: I've probably been tattooed about fifteen or sixteen times. My God. <laughs> They're not all massive ones now, like, they're they're small, bits here and there, like, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. so I have one in particular that I've gone to many tattooists for, and it apparently can't be gone over because it's very old, it's very deep, um, and it's very dark. And what is it? It's like an old Celtic band.
1: And why do you want to get rid of a beautiful Celtic band?
8: It's not that beautiful.
1: Okay, I understand. (laughs) I understand. All right, okay. Well, Um, that's got to go then.
8: Yeah, it was a matching tattoo with a boyfriend at the time. He got the same one with my name and I got the same one, but I had his name put somewhere else. So um, that's also another tattoo that could be
1: removed. His name must Um, go. I often his name, wonder did, a, go. Yeah, or his name
9: <laughs> did go with a cover up, but what what's covered up could do with going. But I've I, I have about people. One, yeah,
1: yeah.
8: I was laughing when I heard the guy during the week he has he was saying his one was upside down. That's right. I, I also have an upside down one same experience you didn't I ask for the home. word
1: courage to be tattooed on you in Arabic <laughs> yeah, and they no, tattooed no. the name in Arabic they tattooed <laughs> Stephanie <No>. in Arabic
8: <laughs> that actually reminds me of another one I have now <laughs> um, but yeah I have one on my back that's upside down and when I came home and someone said to me um, you know that's upside down I said it's not and they said you looked in the mirror when they put the, the thingy on I said oh good god so that's upside you down you have
1: to go around walking on your hands
9: but I
8: also have Chinese writing that's supposed to mean dragon that I'm sure if I went in somewhere it may mean something else.
1: (laughs) Don't ask. (laughs) Don't ask. (laughs)
8: But no, I'd love to to get the the Celtic band removed to a point anyway like that and um, maybe something else could be put over there okay, because well,
1: we have nobody's
9: s- able to um,
1: cover yeah. it. Okay, we have some more calls across the morning. Let's see what happens between now and midday, all right? So stay listening, No bother, thanks for the Lovely talk. chatting with you, though. Bye, Thank you so bye-bye. much. I often wonder if you'll get tattoos, for instance, of boyfriends and girlfriends who don't last the pace. You know, you think that they will at the time you're getting the tattoo, I suppose. This is going to be forever and you're going to sail off into the sunset. What happens when it all goes pear shaped?
9: I'm Lano O'Connor. Red FM News is first for local, national and international news and you can stay up to date by tuning into our hourly news bulletins or by clicking on redfm.ie.
3: Get it off your chest. Text The Neil Brinderville Show now. 086-8104-106. Red FM. Free Food
1: Friday, guys. Courtesy of ourselves in Roosters, Piri Piri, Douglas and Blackpool Retail Park. So text who you are and where you are if you all want to be fed this lunchtime. Red Patrollers will will deliver the food. It'll feed 15 to 20 of you. We'll do the first bunch. First bunch of shoutouts in about fifteen minutes' time. A lot of texts already this morning on housing. Uh, and sorry, I did that one earlier this morning on the COVID bonus. I have worked from the start all through COVID as a cleaner in the Cork Hospital, and we still have not received our one thousand euro, even though we were cleaning after COVID patients, doing their personal laundry, and many of us caught COVID through work. All forms have been sent in. Nothing's been heard since. I don't want my name as I could lose my job. I won't give it out, nor where you work, but it's another example of people, 10,600 of them who haven't received their COVID payment, the bonus. I know Bally No gets a lot of negativity at the moment. My parents both live there now, and I've been really pleasantly surprised by the care they're receiving. Numerous times I've come across them. They have, they have lovely, caring uh, staff and are very engaging in conversations uh, with their uh, I suppose that would be with the with the clients that are staying there with the patients that are staying. well not patients really, but it 's home for from, from many people so that 's in support of Balino more on that. Uh, a little later on. Don't be blaming the judges for not putting people in jail. There are absolutely no accommodation left in jails either, you know. We've both a hu- housing crisis and a jail cell crisis. It's nothing but a, st- uh, a mess. And then on dodgy boxes and fire sticks, I was talking about earlier on this morning, they're going to crack down on those that are selling them. Weave the fire stick and we absolutely love it. You plug it into the side of the TV with a, it's a USB fire stick and you get everything on it, everything. The fire stick has been a lifesaver for my husband who works abroad in fact i'm sitting here in india listening to you on it the joys of modern technology well good luck with it i don't know what the future holds for dodgy boxes and fire sticks but they say that they're getting serious on it you were talking about mortgage rates back in the 19th 1995 mortgage was locked at 11 percent mortgage rate if i remember rates went up to 16 percent at one stage but fell back we ended up paying three times more for our mortgage for ten years, be careful if you lock in. I know there were crazy, there are crazy days now. But when you look, you know, if you look at the nineties or the eighties, when you think of mortgage rates being huge, but the property prices were much che- cheaper. When you when you equate the property price to income, property versus salary, it was much more doable then. Uh, with regards to Ian and his ma'am, can he not get a contractor out and do the job, and then just send the bill to the council? It's a disgrace how the elderly or those that are um, fragile, like his ma'am, are being treated Well, what well it is. But you, you could do that and send the bill, but it doesn't necessarily mean that they pay it if they say they haven't the budget for it. Sounds like a ramp is not that only problem that that lady has. Uh, can't they build a proper ramp? Um, says Fergal in court she, she would have other issues I mean fear of falling and fear of going out uh, my mother is currently in St. Joseph's ward in the Mercy a therapist called to see her a few days ago and asked if she had any help at home with regards to railings she said no she gave her a form to fill out she said she can apply for a grant for the railings in the shower and for the toilet etc she would have to buy the materials herself but the council would install them she was told that even just a railing around a toilet would be 300 euro. Uh, no hope that you could ever afford that. She suffers from epilepsy, osteoporosis, COPD, among other things. It's extremely hard to get these grants. And it's such a shame for those that need them most. So that's a selection of texts to 868104106 And then everybody has their own story that is exclusively theirs. It's telling you about all they seem to be doing and the doll is rowing about the eviction issue and housing crisis and rental and what have you. Uh, I'm writing this with a heavy heart. I'm a relatively young woman with children. I live currently with my ex-partner in his home. Um, I don't own it. I have been trying for the last year to rent a house but with zero luck. I am of good nature. I have rented before and have always respected the house I was in. I always paid my rent on time. I realize we are in a housing crisis but I am crying out for help at this stage. I have references from local auctioneers in my area. Uh, My ex-partner... She's currently living with her ex-partner in the same home. My ex-partner is verbally abusive and is very hard to live with. Some days I just dread when he comes in, wondering what sort of a mood he's in and tiptoeing around him so there's no argument. I can't put on the heating until a certain time in the day and if I put it on during the day he will verbally attack me and say put on extra clothes if you're cold, you're not paying for the heating I am. I have many siblings but I don't want to burden anyone who has their own families and their lives to get on with. I cry most nights in bed wondering will I ever get a place. I'm on the council list but I've been told I've been waiting there for will be waiting at least five years. I'm asking you to please ask your listeners can anyone help me? I'm a quiet lady I don't drink or smoke and I have no pets I am entitled to a half payment under my circumstances. If anyone will help will you please kindly pass on my details? I will I will do that for you if it happens and we'll have to wait and see if anybody does want to happen you you feel as if you're a guest in your ex-partner's home because you're there the relationship has broken down but you are still there but are tiptoeing around a very very angry man Uh, and that's a shame and I think you've acknowledged in your life that you need to get away from him you certainly do and that's why you're looking to rent somewhere else because you can't be around him anymore relationship is gone and he of course is making you feel unsafe so the faster you get out of there the better. Text 0868104106 if you can help. But I did tell you about audio. This, you got to hear this. I know it's a Friday morning and everything. I don't be putting people in bad moods. But this is the kind of carry on in the doll when they are trying uh, or at least pretending to try to solve crisis after crisis after crisis in this country. Yesterday I was telling you about the, I played you the audio between uh, Leo Varadkar and um, Mary Lou MacDonald. Today I share with you
10: Mihal Martin and Pierce Doherty. You said the end of the year we should end it. Mm-hmm. In December. Where is the honesty in that? Are you seriously suggesting that you guys in December would have allowed the rent to, uh, ban to be lifted? Days after Christmas Day? That's the kind of dishonesty that I find reprehensible in terms of debating the housing crisis. Because it is a crisis. And why did we decide to lift the ban, Deputy? Because we do not want to make the situation worse. You, you spat out there. You spat out you're interested in the landlords. This morning I heard on Pat Kenny, owner of saying, I talk to landlords all the time. The tiger Doll have syndrome. You're in here demonising landlords for the last three and four years.
6: Yeah. You
10: want them out of the market. But then the up, up comes your housing spokesperson. I'm a very reasonable man. <laughs> I will talk to landlords. I'm even talking to developers. Pierre Stoherty will come in and say, you're all developer-led, you're corporate investment-led. I mean, the hypocrisy that spews out of what you're saying. But it has nothing to please, do the, the top- with the reality the the top- of the top- delivering on the ground. So, it sir, Listen, t- th- 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 please. Without interruption. Without interruption from anyone. I th- the, the bottom line here is we need supply, supply, supply. That is the fundamental way to deal with this crisis. And, th- and in the context of the, the rental sector, we need to do two things. We need to attract more people into it, we do need more people to provide housing for rent. The rent eviction ban, if it was to continue for the next two years, and if we're honest, that's what we would have to do, not to next December, as you're pretending, because you know damn well it wouldn't be lifted in December. You'd have to go the full two years. Supply is the issue. It okay, would, okay, go 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 think, to irreparably to damage take supply to, to the rental market, which would be to the detriment of people who would end up homeless, go and go to the detriment mag. of people seeking housing.
6: You. Honest, in your four-minute diatribe, what you didn't answer was the question I put to you, or the question that Mary Lou MacDonald put to the teacher that's yesterday. Where are these individuals going to go? Now, you may want to focus on me or Oona Bryn or whatever. I'm focusing on people like this. A parent with two children, where the Dublin Council has told them there is no emergency accommodation for them, available in this authority. Where the Dublin Regional Homeless Executive has said there is no available accommodation in the county for their family size. Where the local authority said There are no options, no vacancies in the hotel system. Your constituents should present to their local Garda station for a safe place to stay or ask family or friends. And if it wasn't for the intervention of my colleague Mark Ward, that is exactly where that family would be, on the floor of a Garda station.
1: Now that's amazing because on two different levels really What will they do if they ever get into government And will then you have Michal Martin and Leon Varadkar Shouting at them in opposition But interestingly, Pierce Doherty talking about people now Who are being told by city councils and county councils To go to your local Garda station Take your children with them And ask them for a cell Is that how bad it's got? A cell? Neil, the conversation is a joke. We hear about it all of the time. It's been known for years that the country's rotten, uh, and the media and other government don't ask real questions. Uh, indeed you could say that about what you just heard there in the doll, as to all of the backbiting that's going on between political parties but another quick one here talks about modular homes I'm 100% pro helping Ukrainian people but why did it take the Ukrainian issue for the government to come up with a fairly good idea and not use it for the whole population if they put up modular homes for everyone they could fix the housing crisis high rents very quickly take 20% more land than is required to put up the modular homes that are needed put up the modulars and house everyone Then start building other houses on the extra land that's acquired. Once complete, move people out of the modulars and into the built homes. Take down the modulars and start building again and so on and so forth. My own family came very close to being homeless, but five weeks before the deadline, I finally got a place that we can just about afford short term. I had no other choice, though. We have three young kids to think about, as in modular homes for all, um, as a temporary solution. Keep your text coming. I just can't get my head around that. You would hear of people who are saying uh, in the Dáil, um that they've been told, or sorry, TD," saying in the doll they they've been told to go to your local Garda station and ask for a cell. That's as bad as it has got. Is it any wonder people feel uh, forgotten about? Is it any wonder people are angry? And talking about anger, um, I did watch uh, the Primetime Investigate show on uh, Care Choice, Ballyno, uh, and indeed there were many calls from very distraught family members to this radio programme throughout COVID with regards to uh, Ballyno and indeed other nursing homes, but no, um very much stuck out during COVID and that's why... Prime time took a particular look at Ballyno. And for those that don't know the statistics, 24 deaths in one month in Ballyno uh, Care Choice Home. Um, HICWA and the HSE uh, failed on numerous occasions um, to uh, intervene, particularly in 2021. And if they had intervened quicker, then lives could have been saved. Now, at one stage in Ballyno, all staff and all residents tested positive to COVID. In fact, Watching the show um, during the week, uh, two staff members continued to work for a period of time after testing positive uh, for COVID. Now, pl- there were planned visits supposedly going to happen by the HSE in particular, and they never happened, right? There were organized visits. There were planned. So, you know, when, when you have a planned visit, people tend to know in advance who's coming, but they never visited. They never turned up. There was lots of emails, but no action. And, and Balino was categorized as red, right? Red, it's as serious as you, could, as you could get in the categorization of nursing homes at the time. And still, there was no visit uh, from uh, HSE nor HICWA. And then there was a staff member called Sadie Allen, a uh, whistleblower, um, who was onto the HSE and was onto HICWA. And she was saying, I beg you to come here. Please come and save lives. And she said that as well to the COVID response teams. And all she got was, Your concerns have been noted. Nothing more than that. There were no visits. Planned or unannounced, it never happened in the you know month that I'm talking about anyway, the really bad, mad month, and people died because of the delay. Hickwood did finally visit sometime in February. They had an unannounced visit, and they said that Care Choice Balino failed to report quite a lot of things, actually, to the HSE. But one thing that they were supposed to do was to report to the HSE when the amount of people who died in the nursing home passed nine. And it had gone well past nine, because in one month, the month we're talking about, 24 people who lived in in Ballynow died and that they had multiple breaches of regulations and infection control rules, that there was no COVID risk management at the nursing home, that there was a lack of COVID staff training, that there were cross-contamination risks. Um, And of course, by the time Hickwood did all of this, this this was like three weeks too late at this stage, right? So this was an avoidable tragedy if the HSE had responded quickly and people should not have been, should not be left off the hook for this, and accountability is needed. Now, a public inquiry is coming, um, and one of the questions is, why were elderly COVID residents kept in nursing homes? And what about the big companies that run these nursing homes? A lot of them are very big companies, and they have lots of them, for profit. And were people just left to die um, by the system, whether it's, you know, the HSC or Indeed, you know, Now, all of those that were supposedly trying to manage COVID, were they just left to die and forgotten about because they were old? Uh, Not all of them were very old, you know. Uh, And what happened in Ballynoa happened in many other Irish nursing homes internationally actually Ireland did very bad in nursing home care during COVID-19 very bad when you look at other countries and how they dealt with it so that's my take because somebody emailed me yesterday to say, why don't you watch it why aren't you talking about it I did watch it and that's my response to it uh, so you guys are welcome to uh, come back to me on that with your own thoughts but I watched it and uh, I was very angry watching it I know it's all very well to be looking through the prism of looking at things in the past and saying how we would do things differently. Uh, but um, I know in the past we spoke with many people who had family members there and horrific stories to share. If you don't mind, I do want to, I just want to give it the respect and attention it deserves. Pat Coy, good morning. Good morning, nice. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. You, you obviously watched, you obviously watched um, Primetime Investigates, didn't you? I did, yes. Because uh, you featured in that- it. Yeah, that programme came about.
11: Myself and Majella Beatty got their freedom of information and we went through it and we put it together
1: and made a report and on And you it. featured in the show because of your late wife, your beautiful wife. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Were you angry watching it?
11: I was angry before because, as I said, i seen the freedom of information. But the, the show actually highlighted it in more detail. They, they were let down. Mm, mm. The HSE let them down. Whatever information the management in Balino were given the h e in January was completely I wasn't honest put it bluntly
1: to i I, t- I tried to go through the timeline there pat um certainly yeah. with regards to january twenty twenty one is that what you're referring to yeah it's like that's when
11: the the crux of it started, and that's when the HSE should have been going in. They had concerns around that period. And, of
1: course, Veronica was there. Then. Yeah. yeah. She uh, she had two positive or
11: two negative tests, and her last negative test on the 24th moved her along with a lot more residents. And between that Sunday and Monday, the residents were moved. And the following Friday, an average of four days, they all tested positive after being moved out of their own rooms.
1: And but the show showed, the show, part of the show said that at one stage, all of the residents tested positive. I didn't yeah. know that. Is that accurate?
11: Yeah, by the end of January, they were all with the exception of two, by the 31st of January, there was two not positive. One of those tested positive in February.
1: Okay, and but thought, at one stage, Primetime said, all staff and residents tested positive. Yeah, they were all tested positive you know, at the end of it, like And Sadie Allen, the staff member then, is begging HICWA, the HSE, COVID rapid response teams to come into the nursing home to save lives. And she's just met with radio silence.
11: Yeah, Sadie first contacted them on Tuesday the 2nd of February. And between Tuesday the 2nd of February and the 8th of February, she actually contacted them four times. And no one came in in that
1: period. Good God almighty. And so while there were deaths, there wasn't a need for it to be as high as twenty four, Pat, right? No, definitely not. If they
11: were supposed to send a team in there on the twenty fifth of January they were talking about it. That never happened until the sixteenth of February. At that stage it was too late. If they went in on the twenty fifth of January, sorry, if they went in the twenty fifth of January,
1: it would have been a different outcome. So we got the primetime investigated look at this issue in, in Ballynow, primarily through the early months of 2021 because of the work that you and Magella did from Care Champions, yeah? Yeah. Okay. Magella, jump in, jump in there. Morning to you.
0: Good morning, good morning. Yes, and, um, you know, I think it's... Uh it's a it's a strange one in that families are now validated in the concerns that they've been raising and and while it's really really difficult information you know some families are actually they're saying that it's stopping a lot of the questions in their heads now that the truth is coming out but the reality is at the end of the day the residents in No were not just failed by Care Choice they were failed by the HSE they were failed by Government. Everybody knew. They were all talking. You know, there's 196 pages in that Freedom of Information that Pat and I put. I can't even tell you the hours that we put into putting that document together. Um, but it is a horrific. Horrific. They knew what was going on. You know, initially the first issue was when when the COVID response teams were set up, and um, you know they were engaging with the homes. And that, you know, they offered the supports, You know, do you need staffing? Do you need, um, infect- have you got an infection control specialist nurse? And Care Choice, according to the HSC document, um, Care Choice informed them that they had their own infection control specialist nurse. Did in they? Sight. Did they? No, no. Okay. But it was three weeks before the HSC realised that they didn't. Okay, but now we appeared- were going
1: through a very confused time now. I'm not making this as an excuse for what happened, not for a moment. But, like, there was a lot of panic
3: Ireland, no, yeah.
0: hold on. Now we were in wave three, wave one. We saw Dalgan House. We saw St Mary's, which True. the report yeah, we, we saw yeah. Silvergrove. We saw we saw horrific failings by the HSE in Dalgan and Wave 1. as the consequence of that, these professionals should have sat down and put proper plans in place. They did it over Europe. They saw, you know, how do we address this far better than what we did here. To us, and certainly in my, my own personal opinion, it was nearly like people who lived in nursing homes didn't matter. They were, they, were given a, they were nearly brushed under the carpet. There was absolutely no excuse, which is very clear in those HSE documents, that we were having small yeah. nursing homes that were losing half the rest of them.
1: And tell me this, because I, I, I wasn't aware of this statistic, but you're saying that in one weekend, 20 people died.
0: According to this, no, in the well, no. Explain that to me. 20 yeah, so people
1: died in one weekend and nine of those were not reported through the correct channel. What do you mean by that?
0: Well... No. Um, in the HSE FOIs, on the Friday, I think it's the 5th of February, the H- CRT manager for Cork Curry, she says there are now nine deaths in Ballynow. She's just letting everybody else know. She's emailing the geriatrician. Yeah, okay. She's emailing everybody nine. else on the team. And she's saying, I now know of nine deaths. Actually, in fact, if you go to RIP, there was actually 13 dead on that Friday. But on her record, she says there's nine deaths now. So that so 20 also, is
1: inaccurate you're saying over a one week period weekend period looking at rip.a 13 people died
0: Yeah so on that Friday she's saying 9 people have died in, in the FOI that we have 9 people have died but according to RIP 13 have died 13, 13, but, yeah. but on the Monday morning so that was Friday, I think Friday the 5th of February on that Monday morning and um, she emails to say to all these people and there's panic and this is really where the documents actually started to show all the, the panic and the failure and more senior people within the HSE getting involved. On the Monday morning she states "I'm after hearing from the geriatrician that there's now 20 people dead in Bally No, But
1: that would be a total of 20, not over the period of a weekend. Yes. All right. No, it's important to clarify that. Um, And of course, course we do know that HICWA finally went in second week of February unannounced and found all sorts of breaches of regulations and control rooms, control rules and issues like that. And done nothing. Okay. And done nothing.
0: You know, at the end of the day, it took nine days from when HICWA got their first concern to go in to do nothing. It took Why did they the, do nothing
1: for so long? Is it because they were, a lot of them were elderly?
0: Well, in my opinion, it's the system protecting the system. I think when you look at the whole Ballynoe um, issue, you see Higua didn't go in for nine days. When they went in, even though over 20 people had died, they still saw serious breaches of infection control. They still walked out at the end of the day and left. There were still people there who needed to be provided with an appropriate standard of care And they walked out, they didn't inform anybody. You know, um, nothing was
1: done, yeah. No,
0: and even when the infection control team didn't go in until the 16th of February, they have been talking about, and I appreciate that the HSE weren't aware of the full facts initially but they were talking about doing a site visit on the 25th of January. They were talking about doing it on the 1st of February. They did not go in there until the 16th. And when they did it go in there... How many the times 16th? How many
1: times did uh, Sadie Allen reach out, uh, Pat? Do you know, um, as in whistleblow exactly right. how bad things were? How many? She, she reached out four times between the 2nd of February and the 8th of February. Begging for somebody to come and save lives. Four times. And in
11: between that name, she reached out on the 2nd on a Wednesday... The following day, a member of the HSE also contacted HICWA with concerns. And they contacted HICWA again on the 9th. And they still talked them until the 11th to come in. Of February. And by, that, yeah. and by that day that they did come in, up to and including that day, there was 24 people
1: after dying in the home by the 11th of February. And and, and one of them, of course, was Veronica, who died on the 8th. yeah. Oh, my God. And of course, <laughs> if just a moment, if if you don't mind, Majella, if, for instance, Sadie Allen had been listened to earlier with her pleas and begging because Veronica died closer to the back end of the 24 deaths, she could well yeah. have been saved, right? Veronica
11: and others could have been saved. If, they, if someone had it went in on the second after Sadie's car went out they would have seen the full extent of what was going on in because that she
1: home. would not have te- she wouldn't have been positive at that stage Veronica oh she was positive yeah but in the um, early in the early whistleblowing yeah. begging interventions that Sadie was asking yeah. for Veronica wasn't yeah. positive no she was yeah they were all positive by that stage with the exception of one so was she, so was, yeah, was she positive when Sadie Allen reached out the first time she did yeah oh right she, okay yeah and yeah. Okay, okay. They were badly let down by the system. And were you there when she passed away?
11: we seen her on the Sunday night, and then she passed away Monday, Monday night, as far as we know. We only got the phone call at half seven at the changeover. So some member of staff went in to the room and found Franica had died. We don't know exactly when she died. She could have died. Half an hour after we seen her,
1: she could have died at 2 o'clock Monday morning, 4 o'clock. We just don't know. But you couldn't have remained there knowing, perhaps you did or didn't know, that she was coming close to the end, did you? We weren't given the option. There was actually a
11: provision in the guidelines that a family member should be with them, should be given that option. The management in Ballynoe didn't inform anybody they
1: had that, that right to be there with them. You once didn't the woman, know that you had the right to stay there because you hadn't been told it. And So therefore, no. you, you live now with the memory of your beautiful wife dying alone. Yeah, as, as do other families. The,
11: that option, that should have been pointed out to people. No one should have had to die on their own in that home. The provision was there, and once you were willing to accept the risk, which any family member would have done, Gladly, and they just weren't given that option. Yeah.
1: Majella, I've spoken with, with family members of people who had loved ones in Ballyno during that period, and some were telling me stories like they would call and the staff would say, um, You know, everything's fine, it's a very mm-hmm. peaceful, very restful night, everything's good, nope, COVID. They would call back again a second time later in the day or the next morning to be told, Sorry, your mother is on oxygen and needs ventilation yeah. intervention, she has COVID. Like, like another yeah. person got a phone, got a a, a video call saying somebody here who wants to talk to you, and the wrong elderly resident was put on the screen because their own mother had already died. Another person got gowned up in PPE and was brought into Ballynoe, um, thinking that she was getting a visit with a loved one, walked into the room on their own and found them dead in the bed. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and sadly, you know, these are the images that haunt families and will haunt families, not just in No, That happened in so many nursing homes. But, and, and that's the reality. And at the end of the day, we now need to say, OK, there's far more to come out, I believe, around the No story. Because, like, the documents we have at the HSE, communication with the HSE and with senior government. Um, and, you know, after our first prime time uh, back in last year, um, Minister Butler, we met at Minister Butler, and Minister Butler had a report commissioned into the three homes. We had three homes in that first time primetim- and that uh, time time. And we fought to get that document. And to see, she had commissioned HICWA to do um, an investigation into three homes, one of which was Ballynose. Yeah. Uh, and we fought very hard to get that document. Eventually, when that document did come, it was completely redacted literally just pages a black marker across it. What? Why? Damage why? Was,
1: why? Too damning is it to black it out? Or absolutely.
0: What? Or is Damage. it GDPR? Is it, was, it
1: GDPR? Which?
0: Not at all. Not at all. It was thought that. It was to protect the system. It was to protect the system from finding out the information of how the residents in Ballyno were not just failed by one entity, they were failed by everybody. Okay. And I do also think it's important just to note, I have over the last couple of years, I've spoken to seven staff on Valley no, and supported seven staff on Valley and no, um, two of which made protected disclosures. The trauma that those staff have gone through, the old staff, is shopping and I think that's also a voice that gets lost.
1: Is that so trauma so through COVID you're talking, that period?
0: Yes, okay. of course, yes, okay. yes. Okay. You okay. know, and, and lots of them you know, and I do think that um, it's a voice that often gets missing because they are the people if you look at all the homes we support well, around the country it's care systems are speaking up and often heard
1: okay well part of the program and I don't recall the man's name perhaps you can correct me on it part of the primetime program they did speak to medical professionals who said that there needs to be accountability and some of that accountability needs to be not just the HSE or the COVID rapid response teams or HIC or anything but the big companies who own the nursing homes and run them for profit
0: yeah, it does, O'Neill. Uh, absolutely. We have a huge problem in this country because there's so little oversight in the regulation of uh, private nursing homes, which is owned by, like, only 20% of our nursing homes are owned by the state. So we would found found this all along when we would be going, when families would be having issues in whatever nursing home, and you would be going looking to help, for help. And you were constantly told, sorry, they're private business, we can't do anything. But yes. If you look at the freedom of information document that we got in June of last year around the TAP funding, this was the additional funding that the government gave to nursing homes to help them to deal with the How much? to deal with pandemics. Value no nursing home got just under five um, just under half a million.
1: Half a million, as in kind yeah. of COVID intervention.
0: Yeah. 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 Yeah, okay. and, you know, but well, I do think it's important as a result of this. One thing is, the day after primetime came out the other evening, there wasn't one court TD standing up shouting for the people of Ballyno or their families in the zone. And I really think that needs to be highlighted. Because they busy rolling had- and
1: screaming about the eviction ban at the moment.
0: Yeah, absolutely. We had a TD from Mead, a TD from Louth, and uh, Waterford who stood up for the people of Ballynow and their families looking for accountability and answers, not one from Cork. And I do think that's something that needs to be addressed.
1: Okay, thank you for highlighting that. I wasn't aware of that. Pat, can I ask you what's next now? Because I know that we do have a a public inquiry on the way.
11: Yeah, well, it has to be the right public inquiry. It has to be human rights based and it has to be something that's going to, the families have to be listened to.
1: Well, we have a history of public inquiries and investigations and tribunals here. They're a bit of a whitewash, so that must not happen. No,
11: we'll keep pushing and we're still looking for more freedom of information. We need more information. There's a lot more to come out. Like you mentioned a while ago about the risk rating that they had on No. was red. Red. I have the paper working in front of me. That was on the twenty eighth of January. Now they have it down risk rating red. And then there's another word behind the red that's
1: redacted. I don't know what it means. You Maybe can't be you can't work. be dealing with that when you're looking for answers. You can't no. Blacked like the twenty eighth of January have you asked have you asked personally as to whether there is information available in the lead up to the passing away of your wife Veronica as to who was with her when she was last visited um you know the yeah. her, her final hours we know there was no one with her the same as the rest of the residents you know what time she was last checked or anything like that I'd imagine Veronica wasn't checked until
11: the change over the next morning I got the phone call that. 7.35 so the changeover would have been taking place around that time and that's when she was discovered. So it was discovered really that's a discovered, terribly yeah. hard and word to have to use isn't it? Yeah. Discovered. All her families got the call around 7.30 in the evenings at the other changeover Okay. that's when their loved ones were discovered. discovered. There's a lot more to come out and yeah. we're being denied records. I wrote to Bally well, you No know, for Veronica's medical records I was told I can't get them on the freedom of information, confidentiality. Funny died. I'm her husband, her daughters, her son, her sisters, they all want to know what happened.
1: There should be no confidentiality. Uh, Majella, is can that happen yeah. even with the new GDPR issues? And there's lots of power now for GDPR people mm-hmm. with regards to you know, information. But it's right because you have a right to be forgotten about. You're right. You have a right to be erased. You have a mm-hmm. right to your personal information. But surely you would have a right to a loved one's passing and the information behind it. Yeah.
0: Um, it's easier to get from a HSE nursing home. Unfortunately, private nursing homes don't fall under the same um, FOI uh, process that you can for other organisations and, and government bodies. That's actually one of the key asks that we have. So the only person um, that
1: could get information that we're discussing with Pat Coyle would be his late wife, Veronica, herself?
0: Yes. But now we have managed to get it in the odd home where we have, you know, we have had families go in and say, I want a document where my name is mentioned as a person who's still alive. Yes. Um, but it, it's a, it's such a, t- like we are still trying to support families that from three years ago, where we haven't yet managed to get those, those records. And that is one of our key asks that we believe that as part of the public inquiry that there has to be an individualized accounting for each family to receive all possible access to information. Okay.
1: Feel free to stay in touch, Magella, and you too, Pat. Lovely meeting you here yesterday, Pat, for the first time at the radio station. And do stay in touch, and thanks for taking the call. Appreciate it. Thanks, thanks, Thanks a lot. You can text 0868104106 if you have a comment on this or a story to share or thoughts on the matter, particularly if you lost a loved one in Ballinault and managed to see the primetime investigates or have listened to this conversation this morning. I know I've given out an awful lot of information and statistics and issues regarding uh, those that passed away get in touch you can always text 0868104106 or if you have a story email neil at redfm.ie 8,675 people died with COVID related deaths I say that because it's important to say that with um, you know COVID related deaths uh, and of that figure 31% of those deaths were in Irish nursing homes Two thousand six hundred
3: and 93. Back after the break. Talk to Neil Prenderville now. 0818 106 Cork's Red FM. Back right
1: to calls in a few minutes time but it's a free food Friday again this Friday morning courtesy of ourselves in Roosters, Piri Piri, Douglas and Blackpool Retail Park. Morning to all at uh, Pat McDonald's Paints the new store on the Commons Road, particularly Craig Thompson who got in touch. Tidy Mechanical Repairs in Valley Corrine are listening. Everybody at Dunsworth Office Supplies in Forge Hill. Absolute problem. Property group on the Bandon Road, classic windows or flat house in the office, Don stores in Bishopstown, court for the Free Food Friday. All the pickers start their work at 5 a.m., So they miss out on an awful lot of staff functions and night outs because of the unsocial hours they do. I guess that's the home delivery people. Dean Civil Engineering in Orchard Road. Hungry lads out in the cold need warming up. Everybody Independent Express Cargo and TPM. There's a lovely story here of Shipping Solutions. um, Looking for Free Food Friday. All of the staff, they are heading out after work to a lip-sync battle in the Clayton Hotel this evening to raise money for the new Carrotool School campus. So they'll be starving... Before they go, so best of luck to everybody there. Apparently, all of the weather girls are going to be performing. <laughs> Leisure World in Churchfield, Little Hands Childcare on Redemption Road, Ross Oils and in Fernan's Coral Leisure Centre in Cove, Cognex in Blackpool. Everybody at BCE Consulting Engineers of the Marina, particularly Dalibor and curon I don't know—is it H A C H in Little Island or Hash? So I'll say both. Good morning to Sean. Uh, everybody at Petrochem. Morning, Cody. Have a good weekend. Uh, Carry Tool Community College on the girls soccer team. Yesterday became Munster champions. They need feeding. Building Stone and Dripsy and Cork. Chloe working in Blarney Castle with all of the staff. They're saying they're working very hard getting all of the gardens ready because it's going to be very busy for the St. Patrick's week. And also the cruise liners coming in for the summer. Uh, Merville Laboratories in Watergrass Hill. The Dental Theatre at the CUH. Little Learners in College Manor and Cove. Made for You Cleaning based in Middleton. And just another few for now. Dairy Gold Food Ingredients in Mitchell. Just down. Boxed self storage on the Monaghan Road Business Park. A particular good morning to my old pal Vincent Bartley. Uh, Rockwell Engineering in Claheen. Lunch today. Horgan's Garage in Carry Pike. Tiny Learners in Toker Argos in Maham Point Countrywide Drains in Dripsy The Walsh Group on Lapsky, and finally Middleton Credit Union are listening as well We'll do another bunch of shout outs at about uh, 10 past quarter past 11 so text who you are and where you are to 0868 As I said, I promised I would watch the Primetime Investigate show on Balino Care Choice Nursing Home during the uh, period of early 2021, as we were going through yet another wave of COVID. Um, and of course, people here on Leaside had family members there um, at some period during uh, COVID 19. Uh, I'll try and get to as much of it as I can this morning. If not, uh, we'll return to it Monday. John Paul, good morning. Hi, Neil. How are you? I'm good. Did you see the show? I did indeed, yeah. Okay. Absolutely. And having had a family member there, your dad, how did you feel I watching it?
12: Uh, I suppose, heart. Kind of disgust. You know, I just felt like that. You know, the system is so flawed that it took my father's
1: life, you know. So you'd be, you'd be actually, uh, I was watching it, I didn't have anybody in there, but it was screaming, Why, oh, why, oh, why, do something, do something. It's not as if people weren't telling you. You had staff members blowing the whistle in there, go in there and sort it. And so for you who lost a loved one, that must have been awfully upsetting.
12: Yeah, well, I suppose it was, it was kind of, you know, it was the kind of aftermath of the home really is what's kind of, you know, okay, okay. it just dragged out.
1: So um, what would you like so to share with us regarding your dad?
12: Last May, um, my mother got sick. My father was a very healthy kind of, you know, upbeat kind of guy, had a few pints, you know, had his treadmill in the morning, it was a bit of a routine. So she was in the hospital, I, I said to my mother, look, how do you think my dad would feel about Going into rest place, she said he probably brought her a hotel to be honest. But she was, look, see what he says, you know. So, myself and my brother, he lives in the UK. We discussed it with my sister. We said, Look, we we'll put him in there for a week because your so mom was going to hospital, is it? She and was in, actually having an operation, so right. She was kind of recovering from a liver operation, yeah. So, we said, You know what? No, best leave my mom have a week to herself, but okay. my dad can come in, <laughs> yeah. you know, the way they can yeah. be. And uh, so yeah, I um, brought him up on a uh, Thursday in May, um. System 8, so kind of went into the nursing home chatting away, he said, John Paul, is no better here, you're an awful man, so kind of... Says yeah, your dad. He knew damn well, he wasn't going in there for a, a few pints or whatnot, but look, he said, look, John Paul, is no better, he said, look, just make sure your mum's alright, he said, look, I'd stay up here for a week and relax and whatever else. Good. So yeah, yeah dropped yeah. him up and uh, staff came over, kind of, with a wheelchair, my dad was like, oh, what do you want that for? She said, oh, it's best, best you sit in there and we'll bring you uh, down to your room, so... Room is down, long corridor he didn't uh, need a
1: word. He didn't need a wheelchair, though, or is it? No. Yeah. No. no. He, said, hey, he, he was in healthy, like.
12: That. Oh yeah, absolutely. He had glaucoma uh, in his eyes, but like other than that, he was, he was a very healthy man. So
1: maybe it's just policy bit, that you have to go in in most a wheelchair because like, yeah, it was kind of a bit dull and dark in there. So you know
12: his eyes, were... he was like, yeah, it was a bit like that. But he said, "I walk away." I said, no, she goes, "No, she's in the chair." So we zoomed down the corridor and brought him to a room. He sat down. He said, oh, "Ask the job." He said, "There's a telly there." He said, "But the brown bread and tea, you no, know, he'd be happy." out, he said, so. That was grand on the one, didn't, or on the Thursday night. He rang me, he said, well, you not too bad. He said, to be honest, Jay, he said, look, you know, don't worry, I'll be fine. So I called him the Friday, couldn't get to speak to him. Um, staff said, yeah, look, it's okay, he's fine, he's asleep. I was like, my dad doesn't really sleep. <laughs> you know, he had his routine night time, that's all. So on the Saturday, called again, and they were like, yeah, he's settling in. So I thought, right, but hey, where's his phone? They were like, oh, we took his phone off. I was like, okay, fair enough. So, um... Sunday came, I called him again, and they were like, yeah, he's fine. So on the Monday, my wife was only walking a couple of hundred yards from there, so she called over and was like, um, can I see Christine? She says, um, yeah, he's in his room, he might be asleep. So what my wife uh, walked into Neil was not, it, was, it wasn't a nice thing, to be honest with you.
1: Go on. Are you so
12: okay? He Go was, on. He was, uh, he was urinated all over himself, wearing nappies, covered in bruises from head to toe, and he was yellow.
1: So I mean, Oh my God, John know. Paul, I'm seeing a healthy man walking in there in the middle of June, healthy, um, you know, for a, a bit of a rest and what have you. Yeah. And, and how many so how many she, days later is this? Four days? Uh, four days, yeah. Four days. So, so he, she okay, so he's, in he's she's in the room and he's sadly wet himself in the in yeah, go on. Yeah. Yeah.
12: So he's um yeah, he's in the bed with an alarm on the floor, like a mat that if they get out of the bed. So she called the nurse and was like, What is going on here? So she called me And the nurse said, oh, I tried to call yesterday, his knees were a bit sore, so I rushed up there, blah, 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 (laughs) went in, I was like, what the heck's going on here? She goes, I think it's best you take him away, we tried to call the doctor yesterday, but he was sick, she goes, but it's best you take him away, now.
1: What did you see when you went into the room?
12: Death, death. What do you mean? My father was yellow, he was, um, well, I suppose, what I saw was a man that wasn't himself anymore, his head was gone. He didn't know what was going on. He said there was people leaning. Well, he bruises from head to toe. And he, they pictures. He's just he was destroyed. Um, so they forced him. But they put nappies on. Put him in bed. Medicated him. What they shouldn't have medicated him with. He uh, got delirium. Um, inside there, It's just total neglect. You know, the ambulance drivers were distraught, and they said, "Okay, okay, we've never seen something this bad after four days." But okay, said, can yes, you? Can, can you? Stuff, you
1: know? have you time to continue this conversation after 11 please say yes I hope you have I do yeah absolutely. okay Honestly. thank you I'll chat with you then John Paul thank you so much because I don't want to rush it back after 11 text six i I'm Rory
0: and I'm Valerie and you can join us for the very best in local national and international sport every weekend on the Big Red Bench
13: that's the Big Red Bench every Saturday and Sunday from 6 on Cork's Red
3: FM 104 to 106, Red FM, this is the
1: Neil Frienderville Show. we hearing conversations this morning, which started out with the Primetime Investigate show in, regarding deaths in, in nursing homes, and then we're hearing the sad, tragic passing of John Paul's dad just before 11 o'clock, and he joins me again by phone. John Paul, uh, Hello. And I'm glad, and, and it's fair to say at this stage, just to remind you, this is just the story about your dad, this is not in any way... Um, you know, uh, a conversation that can engage in blame or uh, response, you know what I mean, and responsibilities, because I I don't know about any of that, but but certainly I'm keen to hear and people are keen to hear about your dad, like we do know that he went in for respite and and four days later you visited and you found him in a shocking state, that's what you were saying. Yeah, and I suppose
12: really what it was is that I just couldn't get over how a person could change so much over the period of 45 days, you know. yeah. Yeah. And I suppose the, the most overwhelming thing for myself was when I arrived there knowing that he was not, not himself anymore, I said, could you get me a wheelchair? And they were like just looking at me. I was, so his watch was gone, his phone was gone, his clothes. I was like, this isn't right. I said, can someone help me? And one of the ladies said, I can't understand what you're saying. I said, listen, I just need help. My dad's not well. And it was just like they all walked away from me inside there was no meal. There was no system in place. Why, couldn't, why praise, couldn't you be like, understood? What was, was that? She was, uh, well, well, she was funny. Like, I'm not sure what part of the world she was from, She said, I okay. couldn't understand when I was speaking. So there was, um, yeah, I said a lot of people that were foreign nationals or whatever the case but, it was. a
1: communication problem.
12: Yeah, yeah okay. and I just said, Look, listen, I, I can't understand what you can't understand what I'm saying. I said, listen, I need a wheelchair because my dad, so his two knees were like two balloons. So his two legs were actually after going hard from being in the bed um, but it was actually due to his kidneys the crystals built up in his joints because of the failure of his kidneys So, but what uh, I, okay I don't mean to be jumping ahead no so just, basically I just had to carry him covered in urine up over my shoulder like at the old bag of coal right and try and get him in the chair but he was screaming in so much pain because he was all bruised down his ribs and I said dad look please you're going to have to try and sit down but he couldn't so I had to carry him out the hallway and walk him through the corridor and we got him to the wheelchair at the door to get down the steps and there was a uh, one coloured man, he came and he kind of came up with a can, he was shocked, he didn't know what to do with me or trying to help me. But it's just like, I was like, I walked into and nursing am having to take out a man who was almost dead by myself. No, nobody helping me. I was just like, what kind of system is this? I paid people to look after my father because I felt I couldn't do it at the time. And now I'm taking him out, bringing him to hospital, getting ready to pass away.
1: So when you, when you, when you brought your dad out, who was there to take him?
12: I had to collect, they told me, collect him myself because they felt he wasn't settling. But that was the reason why, because they knew that <laughs> it was gone so bad that, you know, they couldn't call an ambulance because they were totally at, at fault. And that's what the ambulance drivers had told me, you know.
1: Well, I, I do know that, because we just checked there in the news, when were the last COVID restrictions lifted in Ireland? And it was the 6th of March, 2022. Your story relates to... Mine was
12: in May June, and in June. May, then, yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: Was it June, 2022? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. April, May, there, so yeah. that's three months after the last COVID. Now, it, it didn't mean that COVID had gone away. I know that, but we no, had got but when back I to. One
12: there was there was plenty of people around to help me, but was when I was taken away, I was on my own, and my mother was crying in the hallway next to me, going, "What's what's going on?" And nobody came to my aid. No, I had to walk around looking for a wheelchair in the like down the corridors.
1: So, did you bring Dad home then? Was it?
12: Yes. So, obviously, um, it was actually my my friend. She's a doctor, so she'd actually met him today. We were going up there and i called her to tell her what was going on with him. She said, look, JP, you need to go straight to the hospital. This is bad. So rang the ambulance. They goes, look, we'll be with you. So I drove him to my mother's house in Torker. And um, three ambulance drivers met the guys, beautiful, came into the house. And they said, look, yeah, your dad's not well. But the problem is there's a bit of overcrowding over. It's best he stays here in case he gets anything, like an infection or anything. So they called someone of, I suppose, a higher power. It's kind of a doctor. He came and they did, like, a test for blood. And so he said he was 100% delirium. So we didn't know how dehydrated he was, but all his teeth were yellow. And we handed him a glass of water and he threw it over his face. Um, it was just, Neil, it was just a shocking experience. Like, we had, you know, a guy that was bigger, healthier, good colour to his face, came out kind of like, not not after eating, neglected, sick, looked like he was going to die, he was yellow. All his extremities were well, all I, swollen.
1: Yeah, I know. It's just, it's just, you know, we don't know because we don't have... Details of what happened over the period of four days regarding his care, but you, you, because you use words like neglect, but did like, clearly well, something, like clearly, he got sick, yeah.
12: Well, yeah, no, he didn't get sick, basically, he was still no. down to delirium and not being looked after and he'd been medicated. So, my dad was a very respectful, independent man, so he was no way he didn't ever dream of leaving anyone put a nappy on him. So, he went from that stage, or if they called us and said, Listen, your dad's been walking down the corridor, we decided to put a nappy on him. But going in to see a man covered in urine with a nappy on him, it's not doesn't make sense because he walked in there making TikToks the night before with his grandchildren, you know? It's a bit strange.
1: It's, it's absolutely shocking. In, in, okay, so at this stage now, ambulance has been called. And yeah, they, that one And, and, they, home. Uh, and yeah. they arrive and they see your dad and they say that he has delirium and that he has very serious COVID dehydration, damage, uh, is it?
12: Yeah, okay. his urine is brown. Uh, so they were like, yeah, he's problems. So they said, we're going to get him a bed in the morning. Bram's at the hospital and they kind of said, look, his organs are damaged. Look, his brain is damaged. Uh, it's, you know, We're going to put him in the geriatric ward, see if he can uh, kind of recover, obviously, see if the brain can recover. And he didn't. He just went into total like insanity, basically. And he, and he passed away four weeks later. Four
1: weeks later, he just... Slowly yeah, say, slipped, he said, I
12: swallowed, stopped working, and they said we can't feed him because he can't swallow his brain. Either. His organs are shutting down, he couldn't walk anymore. And we were in that, actually, the isolation because they said he got COVID in the hospital, but he'd recovered from that fine, but he, we were there for just three weeks looking at a man passing morphine. It was, I suppose, the guilt, Neil. We put him in there to be looked after. Oh my my God, mother, I know. And never recovered yeah. from this. Yeah. She was sick. We put him in there to be cared for. While her mother was sick, she came out and went straight to another hospital to see her husband pass.
1: Oh, my God almighty. It was for a few days rest while your mother was in hospital. Very exactly healthy. Yeah. Now, I'm hearing your story, and it's exclusive to you. I don't know of anybody else versions of it, but this is what you're telling me. You walked in the door, um, fit, healthy man, making a funny joke about there being no pub there. Um, yeah. And four days later... Four days later? I mean, what happened in that four-day period, man? That's the problem. He, like called him. I asked him, could I come up and see
12: him? the day after? No, he's fine. He's settling in. I suppose it's like, you know, maybe it's that's their system. They don't want people coming in when the c- person's trying to feel comfortable. But to walk in and see a guy in bed, like, he wasn't himself anymore. I was like, what's going wrong here? And as I said, he went to lift up a stop and he bruises all down his ribs and all down his legs. So, so yeah, they to, to get the nap on him. And I look at Neil, I've kind of done my own investigation. I've spoke to one or two nurses. Actually, there was a nurse that worked there in Ballinaw that I met in the hospital and she told me horror stories. So, do you know what? I felt like this has opened, like, thing for me where I can actually talk about it and you know, I, I felt like I was kind of cheated but I didn't want to speak about it yeah. I was like look it's just one of those things that happened but like that Bally didn't ever ring me and say well oh, how was your dad after he left or sorry we didn't actually call an ambulance we left you you know, be responsible okay. Want to take more of our
1: place. So, after you know? this uh, primetime investigate show earlier in the week, it gives you an opportunity to say, Well, you know, this is my story, I want this story to be heard as well. Yeah,
12: I just wanted to highlight my story that um, like, it's 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 crazy, it's ludicrous what happened, it's just crazy. You
1: know? So, uh, after so after your last conversation with your dad, you know, was when you brought him there, and maybe for a day or two afterwards because he was on the phone and tick tocking and things like that. Um. After the day four, when you went and brought him home, you never had a conversation with him again. He wasn't capable of communicating. No,
12: he uh, he was there. Uh, he was speaking. He was going back. He said, "Where am I going back to Gallery Street?" Where he was a, like my dad was a man. He was a powerlifter, bodybuilder, so he was well known around the city. Everyone knew him as kind of a figure, you know. And like he was on about going back to where he lived, and I was like, "Right, this is serious." And all of a sudden, the next day, then when we were on the hospital, they were like, "Look, he suffered severe." The delirium and the brain is damaged, there's obviously stuff going on with medication in the system that we don't know personally, they said, but look, he's, chances are he's not going to recover because of his age.
1: Was anybody and, able to identify what the medication was? No, that was a different case altogether. They said in the hospital for, like, that
12: protection and stuff, they can't tell us what's in the system, but I suppose the ambulance drivers, their faces, their experiences with people day in, day out, one of them said to me, if you need to, anyone to go forward, if you have a case he says, I go far, you because he said, this is absolute neglect 100%. It's one of the worst cases I've seen in my life.
1: So you were and never you going, were never able to work out uh, what medication he would have been on when he left no, home? No, I did have
12: to sign a document with his own medication. But I was speaking to the lady up in the hospital and she says, they can give medication that's not certified just to keep the patient relaxed. But she okay. goes... It all depends on the you with patients, you know. So look, yeah. I don't know, Neil. That's, that's not... No, that's, that would be you know?
1: standard procedure yeah. in, in, in nursing homes, in, in their defence. You know, they, they have the medical capability to call well, it themselves. It was
12: just, it, it, did you care attention of my father not being cared for in there? I oh, I understand take that. him away. Yeah. Like, your dad isn't in a fit state to be here anymore. So I'd arrive to my father in a dying state and carry him to the car myself, take him to the hospital myself, while this company got paid for the only job that they didn't fulfil, you know.
1: It's shocking. It is a shocking story. It really is. And 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 so again, you know, for the for the few weeks that he survived afterwards, there was no way to talk to the man. He he could not hold so, conversation. He was
12: super strongly, you see, and the nurses they were coming to the bed and he was holding their coats, bless him. And they were like, We can't actually your dad won't leave us go, like he just he still had the strength to his death, you know. And they were laughing at him because, you know, he was flexing he was his mind was gone, you know, he was flexing his muscles and you know, I was just Oh, it was sad to see Neil. I didn't know the guy that was sitting in that bed anymore. So rapid. Do you know, so it's rapid. Absolutely frightening.
1: Yeah. And, yeah, and absolutely the, the, frightening. forgive me for asking, but the cause of death on, have you a death cert?
12: Uh, Yeah, do you know what, nobody, um That's another thing, yeah. I suppose they said that in the end, uh, COVID and um, just the body, you know, naturally causes. <laughs> but yeah, look. That's, uh, he was in actually the isolated ward, they brought him in there with COVID, so we had to go in there for four weeks, gunged up and whatnot, because they said, look, it's best keep him here, because he's not going to come out, basically.
1: But so was he but, um, Was he a COVID case in Ballynow? Uh, no, no,
12: not at all, no, no.
1: No? No. You're sure of that? He got hospital, he was in the hospital two weeks when he got COVID, he was okay. in
12: the geriatric ward okay. first, and then they sent him to the isolated okay. ward.
1: Okay, and um, is this the end of is this the end of the road with regards to your the, what happened to your dad, or, or do you intend doing something about it, or? Well, yeah,
12: Lola, my friend is a solicitor. He rang me and he said, "John Paul, there's only one problem here. What you're doing is you're taking on a, the case where you know you see what the the the, the, the words used, in the HSC use these places as a, as a dumping ground for people in the hospitals." And I was like, okay, so he goes, it's a mafia, you're against their pal. He said, well, no, let's see, he fine. shouldn't
1: be using that word now. That's not the proper word to use. Well, I
12: suppose he left from a guy with experience, you know. Yeah. He said, look, you see what happened with the cervical scan and stuff. So he said,
1: well, you know, the, the HSE is bad, but, uh, but but mafia, we know what they're capable of doing. But I understand, I understand what he's, he's implying. Worse, he you know. left all, I'm, I'm
12: going back to you what they yeah. told me, you know. Yeah,
1: yeah. 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 But so he, he said, like, he no, said, he you'd want, want he, he said, if this was an issue where you took on the HSE or nursing home, you'd want deep pockets, is it? <laughs> that's the word he said yeah my Absolutely, god yes. my god yeah but a as he said sad yeah, man who was in for arrest.
12: it's the guilt that my mother felt my sister like my sister and my father were like you know they were the best friends and we travelled all over the country we, we went everywhere and I suppose the sad part was that I joked to him that we were going to Sneem we stayed in the Sneem Hotel kind of twice a year and, you know we had great relationship and uh, it was just to see a man that you know I thought I was caring for I bring them there and you know I you feel guilty is what off. you're saying isn't it yeah JV? I dropped them off there and I had to pick them up there I brought them in happy and laughing and joking uh, yeah and that was the last of the thing you know I picked them up a different person five days later
1: I wonder will you ever shake that guilt
12: no I don't think so Neil I mean I can't you know I feel responsible as such not for what happened but responsible for going wait you dropped them off there JP can I you know you live the fact that Instead of you saying, OK, look, we'll try and get somewhere else from him. But you know what, Neil? You can't. You, as much as I said that, like, I mean, he said at this literally he goes, you, you're not responsible for what happened in there. He said, you know, you can't. Well, I suppose it's guilt. It's guilt. more than anything else, yeah, you know.
1: I know. So you can tell yourself that till the cows come home, you're not responsible, but you'll always it's feel, what is. I was if.
12: affected by my mother, though, you know, leaving. We, we said we'd look after her by putting him in there, and it ended up backfiring, you know.
1: Such a short period of time for it to rapidly deteriorate like that. What, you know, what happened in those few days? Yeah,
12: I never, I, ne- I never know. You know what I mean? As he said, if there was a camera there, we might have shone some light and what happened with him. But when he was bruised from below his neck all the way to the end of his legs.
1: What happened that he, to, the he ended up in, in nappies and dehydrated? And yeah. I mean, what what, what sickness yeah. came upon that's, him? That's the thing. Well, they
12: said delirium. So, like there was yeah, there was no caregiving. You know, they just they put water on the side of the table and didn't hand it off. To him in the bed, so if he got out of bed, there's an alarm goes off. I was told how the system works, and they put him back in the bed, put a nappy on him, and check him every few hours. So like my dad is an upbeat guy. He was probably saying, "I go for a walk around the place." No, you know, he you couldn't believe the type of guy he was before he was in It's it's hard to believe, you know.
1: As in fit, Which, healthy, so, exercise, yeah, yeah, jumped up on the jumped up on the treadmill. Thing.
12: Yeah, yeah, he had a treadmill in there. He had kind of a gym up the back. He still kept feet, you know. So it's just it's such a hard pill to swallow that you know he's not here anymore. But the fact that we went to you know give him the best of care we could, and he ended up dying from it, you know.
1: I'm so so sorry. There is um there is of course a public inquiry into nursing home care. Um, you, your your story and the story of your father should feature in that inquiry actually because it shouldn't be necessarily limited to people who died in there from. Covid nineteen, I would think. Would you agree with that?
12: 100 oh, yeah. percent. I mean, it's just how the system works. Neil, I guess it's not just. It's not just my experience. There's probably lots of other people like me, but it's just, I'm just highlighting what happened to me. So, I mean, I I think I should put Then it can be brushed over, you
1: know. No, well, you've told your story. You've told it in a matter of fact way, one hundred percent honest. You, you, I should put you in touch with care champions, you know, who represent families like yours who had loved ones in nursing homes and the treatment that they that they received. You should talk to them and get, your, and get your story of your dad on the record. And I'm going to send them the audio of this call as well. Is that okay with you? Absolutely, perfect. Okay. Thank you. All right. No, well, thank you for sharing. And listen, I, I know as, as a loving son, you will hold that responsibility and that guilt. I uh, hope the burden of that gets easier in time, JP. No, thanks. Yeah. All right, safe. bye. Okay, thanks, pal. Take care. Thank you very much.
3: Bye-bye.
1: Unbelievable. Back after the break, text 0868104106. Text
3: the Neil Prendaville Show now. 0868104106. Red FM. And if you have a story to share
1: yourself, feel free. It may well help. Get in touch. You can email neil at redfm.ie. Text 0868104106 or pick up the phone on 0818104106. And I hope to return to this topic again uh, on monday um if you have conversations that you'd like to wear um it's very sad can i just do another uh, bunch of free food friday shout outs um for everybody at Kiri's hyundai stores would love some feeding today all of the gang they working hard easy living interiors the logistics office are looking to be fed today always listing cognex and north point uh, uh inform Nutritions and in watergrass hill mallow primary Healthcare center morning siobhan and all of the staff O'Sullivan's Pharmacy in Grange DB Schenker in Little Island uh, they lost a match last night apparently in there. Fed up about it and want feeding. Little Island Transport and Carry Tool. Urban Retreat, Hair Salon in Middleton. Uh, Kendellin Construction in the C.U.H. Uh, everybody working at St. Killian Special School in Mayfield. It's their annual Blossom Ball tomorrow night. All of the proceeds going to the school and feed Corks. So have a great weekend. Enjoy the ball. Uh, Tails and Tubs Grooming in Douglas Woolen Mills. Uh, morning to them all. Union Hall Smoked Fisher listening. The C.U.H. C.R.C crew are working hard saving lives always listening morning to Ashling and all of the staff at the cath lab at the CUH O'Shea's coal family business uh, and Margaret who's been one in a million and working hard expert attic conversions in Grange just another few unique fit out in Glanmire are listening He's health and fitness at Penrose Dock um, and everybody at the NSD accounts management department PFH and Little Island are listening O'Leary Lasarda in Volks, uh, v- Volkswagen uh, are listening Country Farm Supplies in Middleton TIS Firestopping Limited uh, O'Sullivan Developments are working in Knockraha and a big shout out for Podge Harrington who's doing a bit of crab fishing down in Courtmac Mac at the moment. Go for it pal, the old crab claws looking to be fed. I might get an opportunity to do one more bunch of shout outs this side of Midday and we'll pick a Free Food Friday winner at that stage. We also have, uh, I think we might even have two giveaways today two 400 euro vouchers to give away courtesy of ourselves and uh, shirley's beauty and laser clinic they're removing all sorts of tattoos with all sorts of colors and we're asking you to share your tattoo stories um let me get another one of those two on the air if you don't mind it being friday and what have you eileen good morning good morning Ah, uh, fair play to you what am i what am i looking at in this in this photograph is it a tattoo uh...
9: They're tattoos, they're Indian ink.
1: Yeah, so they're not tattoos, they're like blotches. They're
9: blotches, <laughs> I don't know if that's the proper word, but are they're, they, my blo- they're my blotches. Are they your arms? They are.
1: Okay, they're, yeah, what do you make of your arms?
9: Uh, yeah, so they're... they're no, I have, they're, I have no
1: issue with it, I just, you know, I'm just curious.
9: Yeah, but they're just initials, because I, e. we were... E is for I mean, and the, what was supposed to be TM, it was GM... Because Who's she? G- who the, the girl that was doing it was a bit under the weather, worse for wear, let's it. Not under the weather, worse for wear.
6: The tattooist they, was hung over, is it?
9: It, it, it? We didn't go to tattooist we just did ourselves.
1: Oh, the girl, your buddy.
9: Yeah. It yeah. looks like
1: J O to me. Who is it supposed to be?
9: My husband.
1: <laughs> your well, pal. He's my,
9: he's my husband now. Your pal who put
1: on that Indian ink can't spell, you know.
9: Uh, tell me about it. That's I not, still
1: can't it yeah, so that was what <laughs> 43 Forty three
9: 40 years ago forty three years ago
1: okay, how do you cover how do you cover them? because clearly i you know when you when you get all your glad rags on and you look a million dollars, it's kind of dragging you back a bit, isn't it uh,
9: absolutely i I have a makeup. I have a makeup that covers them over, but you know, nine times out of ten, you'd forget that they're there, and you just kind of and, and like kind of I when I was younger, kind of had to hide them, I always wore long sleeves. So it like I they never kind of really bothered me. I have to say, okay, but like for any occasion, I I used to have a special kind of makeup.
1: But in fairness, that, you're still with uh, TM.
9: I am. I am 43 years. old. Even though it says
1: 40- GM on your arms.
9: <laughs> <laughs> but listen listening when you're young and foolish, and uh, I mean? then I say, and I said to her, "What did you do?" And she said, "I thought that's who you were doing a line with." I said, "Oh, for God's sake, <laughs> give me a break!" Did like, you so know it, that
1: Indian ink was for life?
9: At the time, I suppose we didn't. Do you know we like kind of an egg and a flag and a flag and a side uh, listen the I remember like...
1: the days I worked with guys you know what I used to do I used to do an awful lot of gigs way back in the day and I used to yeah, work yeah. with an awful lot of people and you'd meet them in pubs and clubs and places like yeah. that and an awful lot of the bar staff I remember when they were young they used to get Indian ink put on their arms mam and love hearts yeah, and stuff yeah, like that
9: crosses under their wrist under their so
1: as, as they moved on through their working life they um, as we get getting a little bit older you know mid 20s late 20s they used to go around with bandages over them <laughs> Literally <laughs> bandages <laughs> on their wrists and on their knuckles, They're not covering but, them.
9: But you know, many a year I was saying, "Yeah, I go and I, I get them taken off because it kind of became, it came, it came trendy to get them taken off." And I'd go, and you'd have to get the patch test. But life just got in the way. I had four children, and I was saying, "No, oh, should sure, listen, listen, I have more to be
1: doing." Yeah, now is the, the time, thing. though.
9: No, is the time. Now is the yeah, time because get... I, 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 I have only grandchildren now. I'm did you ever to... think of getting a
1: proper tattoo though, no?
9: No, no, no. <laughs> definitely not. No, no. I couldn't cope with the pain. No,
1: I, I, to be honest. Eileen, we've got to get rid of those for you. You've yeah, had them far yeah, they're too they're
9: long. Shocking. They're, they're Well, I, I, you know, like, they're I Indian ink. They're...
1: I've never seen pretty Indian ink to be honest with you.
9: <laughs> <laughs> but I did, like they must be in so deep into, under the skin that they, they seem that they don't even have lost their colour does
1: that make any sense they're shabby when they go on girl never mind 43 <laughs> years later
9: um, no no they were trendy in the time ah like, uh, they, they were, were but, but now don't take it away from them they were very trendy and I was a boot girl like so I needed them were anything. you
1: did you have all the boot girl clobber
9: oh yeah the quarter irons and the loafers and the whole lot like all you know. leather is it no no Christ no we couldn't afford all leather <laughs> the, the loafers were leather but you had your quarter irons that you got done off the, off the shoemaker it was a
1: great style wasn't it
9: Absolutely, yeah, it was actually, yeah, definitely. What what so, music
1: yeah. were you into back then as a boot girl? It was usually status quo or something like that, bad manners, status a bit quo, of ska. It
9: was actually, no, not the ska, no. To a status quo or the thing f- I can't even remember. <laughs> that's right, Ultravox
1: and all that kind of <laughs> Ultravox, yeah,
9: that kind girls. of thing. And we I were, were kind of half said, afraid
1: of the boot girls. We were very afraid of the boot boys.
9: Yeah, <laughs> well, we were very good. We used to, yeah, if we were good, we just had this. We had the, the style. They we got
1: to get rid We gotta don't gotta need g- the muscle. We yeah. had the We got <laughs> to get rid of those. I'm going yeah. to get you sorted with, uh, uh, with um, Shirley's beauty and laser clinic. Get those awful things off. All right.
9: I won't take offence to you saying they're awful
1: things off, like. Well, I don't know what that J-O is about, like. No, <laughs> fairness.
9: J. That's not supposed to be a capital G. It's not, girl. It's a J and an O. <laughs> and
1: listen, if back... you cross me now, I'll change my mind.
9: <laughs> I don't do that now, for God's sake. No,
1: like listen, do... What, whatever they are, pretty and all as they are, we'll get rid of them for you, alright?
9: Good men yourself, All right, Eileen. Much.
1: Eileen the boot girl, it's good to catch up <laughs> with the boot girl from back in the day <laughs> and
9: I'll send you the picture when they're gone
1: I demand on seeing the end result I demand absolutely, it, right.
9: absolutely thank you for good, luck,
1: good luck, good luck you the told a great story, time. you told a great story and that's half the reason why I'm giving you a 400 euro voucher for Shirley's Beauty and Laser Clinic I have one more now and I'll allow you guys at the end to decide who should oh. get it it could be Mark though, Mark good morning alright my son this is more Indian ink <laughs> I can make it's out I can make out era what's below it E2 what's that mean talk to two you should be talking to
5: two. <laughs> <laughs> i tell you Neil we, what? I was having a drink with my brother one day with the news machines that time it was just Indian ink so what was it the, a it was a, a needle the pin of a needle a, a pin of a needle and he was sitting down on my right hand side, and he made out that it was talk to him. Well, he made the tree out of the tree, and he made it an E. It's a so backwards
1: tree! E2, yeah. e yeah. e Brute. E- <laughs> it's like. Era E2. So, you got the fodder right over the E, though, in fairness to him. I, I think so. Uh, so <laughs> did you have words when you saw that it was Era E2? No, two. <laughs>
5: we didn't know. We didn't know Till the next day. <laughs>
1: So, didn't you know, didn't, lucky you didn't get hepatitis sticking needles of ink into you.
5: Ah, but back then, we were, it was a great time. Do you know, that's the way we we've done things like that.
1: <laughs> this was years ago. How
5: oh, long no, ago and was did. it? Um, um, I'd say 20 years ago, 22 years ago. Right.
1: and here we are all these years later and we still don't have an era 32. <laughs> <laughs> that's true, <you> know. <laughs> era uh,
5: E2 <laughs> era E2 and I, I can't get. I don't know what to do with it <laughs> he help me uh, but wait a
1: second b- before I make a decision on this like have people spoke to you about it do they notice it uh, to some people
5: kind of looked at it alright but they looked at me then and said nah He's not, you know. What, what's that about? Like, He's not the full Bob, definitely not the full Bob at all. Do you ever cover it
1: with bandages or anything like that?
5: No, no, because I don't. Well, uh, I, I keep
1: long jumpers on. Where is it? Because I have a close-up photograph of. I assume it's your arm. It's but...
5: just above my wrist. <laughs> <laughs> so even if i put putting my hand out now to, to to pay or to do anything, and it comes out, I kind of. Cautious of that, you
1: know. Yeah. yeah. Do you think do you worry about what kind of a person people think you are like?
5: Um sometimes
1: (laughs) sometimes no need, like, but
5: I, am not really worried, look, cause I'm 22 years
0: old. Yeah, yeah, You know, no, I just
5: said to me, like, I'm not going well, to. I'm going to be
1: talking to Reggie in a few minutes of time. Do you know Reggie? Very. Posh. I love Reggie. Reggie. From the Ruston <laughs> Road. From the Ruston Road. I was just wondering whether Reggie would ever. Um, no, he's actually the Blackrock Road. He's even posher oh, than did, the Ruston oh, Road. Oh, sorry, sorry I tell you what, I tell you what, I could do. We could leave the era, and we could get a tattoo artist to get rid of the e and change it to a three could you do that Neil?
5: <laughs> <laughs> please so, <laughs> anything no because
1: this is a. Uh, nah I say you should I, just get rid of it I say get rid look, of it yeah get rid of it get rid of me needle, you can era E2 has got to era go E2. <laughs> era E2 era
5: E2 has got to go we need
1: All right. to back to alright my man and you can then Thanks, go and babe. get a proper tattoo era 32 Thanks, you can get another tattoo then saying era 32 still waiting <laughs> <laughs> That'd be
14: perfect,
1: mate. Alright my man We'll see, we'll give you a voucher So get yourself off To Shirley's Beauty And Laser Clinic And get rid of Aerith E2 And let me see The final result Alright I will of course man. Thanks so alright Look after yourself, Mark Regards okay. to everybody Down in Middleton and, <laughs> and I want to see The final results From everybody That we've given Vouchers to If there are other Tattoo stories Well and good I've no problem with that But thanks to Shirley's Beauty And Laser Clinic You can get further details Of what they do At Shirley's Beauty Clinic Dot com. And they're removing all tattoos, all colours. Uh, good luck with that. Back after the break.
3: The Neil Brenderville Show on Cork's Red FM. Our phone lines remain open after midday. 0818 104 106.
1: And you can text 0868 104 106. Pick up the phone on 0818 104 106. What number? Nine, what? I just don't want to let the opportunity pass. I mentioned it at the start this morning that John O's out in Douglas are giving away free pints of Guinness Zero and they've got loads and loads of them apparently. I don't know what the back Deal is to this. We'll find out. It's happening all over the country. Donald, good morning. Good morning, Neil. How are you? Good, my man. I know the food is great there and I know that the booze is great there, but giving it away for free, what's going on?
14: Uh, well, it's uh, Diageo have stepped up. To Diageo uh, doing their largest ever um, promotion for Guinness Zero Zero that they've ever done uh, for, for Patrick's Weekend. Uh, and we're delighted to hop on board
1: with. Okay, so they're putting. What are they trying to do? Putting it in more in draft. So can it be pulled faster? Doesn't it, it's an awful oh, hassle. No we, we,
14: no, we have it No, it's in, in draft. It's not no longer in a can. It's in draft. Draft cake um, like every other cake uh, stored in the cold room, and it uh, fills perfectly. Does everything you want to do. Has plenty of stick, as they say. Cream down the edge of the glasses. It's outstanding product.
1: Now the only problem with this is you're only giving away one free pint. Is it?
14: Uh, well, no, they did. There's free pints all day. So if you want a couple of free pints of Guinness Zero Zero, there's no restriction on that. Ah, it's okay. That I just harm, saw
1: hundreds of pubs across the country will be offering a free pint via the Any Excuse app. Where, that's a
14: different one, but there's four iconic premises around the country, and there's free Guinness Zero Zero all day.
1: Oh, so hundreds of other ones only have one. You've got limitless.
14: Limitless. Yes, <laughs> they, they, they just they just picked uh, four four pubs around the country and. Uh, like, you know, from our own point of view, that's an outstanding, uh, you know, we're, we're branded along, I don't know who's in Dublin, O'Collins and uh, Galway, we're delighted to be among these names. I was like thinking, you know, or se- or, I was thinking of
1: sending Reggie into you for a few pints. Reggie, do you drink in us? Good God, no. No, I mean, zero, zero again. More a, he, he would, he'd be more of the Beamish man, I say, it? Are you, drink, you suggesting I
7: drink stout? Don't you drink it at at all? This is the kind of thing now gets my solicitor on speed dial <laughs> into the station. Good God, no, the working man's drink. You're joking me. <laughs> what would you drink? Well, that's none of your business. I'll, I'll actually explain to you. Do you know what I drink? <laughs> I have a new gin. The of Cork industry just brought out a new gin, Neil. It's called Responsibly. <laughs> So every time they say, please drink responsibly on the radio, we get a free ad. <laughs> uh, maybe jo- maybe John O's
1: might serve, well, actually stock your gin. What do you think? I wouldn't be going over to that neck of the woods. At all. That's the wrong person. No offence, Jono. Sorry, Donald. He wouldn't stray from the Black Rock Road. He'd probably go to, the, would you go to the Leaping Salmon then? Go into Bunty. Well,
7: would you deliver? Would, yeah, I would go into Bunty. Well, would, you, would you deliver me over a gin and tonic maybe? Like deliveroo? <laughs> Well, I mean, don't spill it, though. I'd be disappointed. <laughs>
1: Sorry, Donald he doesn't drink stout, so he won't be coming your way. <laughs> ah well, there'll be plenty of others. We'll fill we'll his place. Okay, so yeah, he won't. You won't be missed, Reg. You won't be missed. So, when is this happening?
14: Uh, Patrick's Day, uh, all day, Patrick's Day.
1: Okay, that's the zero zero. It's a grand taste offer it. You'd hardly know the difference. No speed wobbles, and no, you can drive there. the car.
14: Out of the keg, it is outstanding. It Fantastic! Is, it, it really is now.
1: is is an outstanding. I'm product. delighted it's in the keg because the other thing was a complete dose. Good luck with it, Donald, and may you Thank pull you many much. of the pints and yeah. may people enjoy them. Cheers. One quick Cheers. one. I'll get back to Reggie and say, Michael. Good morning. Here we have uh, Michael. Who's in? Are you in Lanzarote? No, no, you, I'm in Whitechurch. Okay, so what's the Lanzarote story? Okay, so Neil, I need to get a
13: document um, to Lanzarote by uh, Wednesday, if it was possible. And I know there's a couple of flights going out from Cork. Um, I know there's one on Sunday.
1: why well, do I say, what's the document now for fear that somebody wouldn't know what they're carrying? Oh, it's a legal document. So it's a legal document that you must get to Lanzarote and you're wondering, has somebody already got a flight booked to Lanzarote and take it with them? Exactly, yeah. All right. Exactly. Okay. So this is just an A4 envelope now, you know? Okay. Um, what date does it have to be there, do say? Wednesday, if possible. So what flight are we looking at?
13: Um, I, I believe there's one going out on Sunday morning, uh, the 12th.
1: Sunday um, morning coming, there's a flight going to Lanzarote. You have to get a document out there for a property that you have out there. Uh, you're, a bit like, you're a bit like Reggie, like with Castle Reggie and the home on the Blackrock Road. So you have to get that I, there.
13: I was going to go. I was thinking about going to the airport and hoping that Keith might be up there, you know, the guy that <laughs> tapped... Um, <laughs>
1: Honest, Keith. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. No, he's going to... I'm sending him to Paris. Oh, I know that. I know, but he's surely back by now. Okay, so there's a flight going tomorrow with Ryanair, and you're saying there's another one going on Sunday morning. If anybody's on that flight to Lanzarote, and they take the... Who do they give it to? Some shady character at the airport, is it? Someone like Reggie there, you know?
7: I beg your pardon.
1: No.
13: (laughs) No, Neil, actually, it's... um, (laughs) it's 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 right in the middle of between the new and old town so so anybody around that's staying in either the old town or in the new town it's very, very close. It's right in the middle, really, next to the new shopping centre. Please
1: know? tell me you'll give them a and phone number or somebody to contact when they arrive they and meet
13: they them. The okay. they have all the details and the address. And the, uh, I would love to solve this for
1: it. you. So we need somebody who's going to Lanzarote at the weekend to bring a document for you that needs to get there. You'll give the details of the person. Well, I mean, if you can't find anybody and you want to organise a flight, I'll, I'll gladly, if you'll pay, I, I'll gladly go to Lanzarote for you. <laughs> Or maybe Maybe Milky Pinkington will go or uh, Poppy Coppinger
7: maybe or so What kind of person would voluntarily go to Lanzarote? <laughs> don't be, that's the kind of thing you'd be bundled on a plane by the CIA is the only way I'd go to Lanzarote Don't be ridiculous And, and You're asking sun. me to trust somebody from Whitechurch the, the kind of things we get up to on this show Neil I don't know how no, we'll I didn't get not say I was from
13: Whitechurch I said I'm out Whitechurch
7: uh-huh. Well that's worse What are you doing out in Whitechurch if you're not from there? What my kind of business back back could somebody around. have in Whitechurch? <laughs> <laughs> I'm on my way to Black Rock, actually. And, oh, all right, I'm, I'm out of here, so not to worry. Actually, I'm in Castle Reggie, I'm out my country estate, and you're the reason why.
1: All right, I'll tell you what I, I'll tell you what I do, Michael. We'll see if anybody comes back and on, on the front on, on a flight, they'll bring your document. All right, I'll be back to you with an update. <laughs> Fantastic. Thanks so much. Right. Anybody can help that man? Clearly, Reggie won't. Text oh eight six eight one zero four one zero six because Reggie's very busy, um, being uh, working on plans. Continue afoot to get Mahan moved to the north side of here.
7: Yeah, well. That's 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 currently in the pipeline. Yeah, it's just—I mean—the technology is sorted now. It's just, and uh, we've got a couple of brown envelopes floating around now to sort out the planning permission because there is planning elements, obviously. See the
1: thing about the thing about you that always amazes me is you never worked a day in your life. Your, your money was given to you like it's old money. People talk about old money. Yeah, it is on the like the merchant part. princes.
7: You never no, did No, no, not the merchant princes. I mean, when were they? 18th century? <laughs> Neil, my money is so old. I mean, some of it has Julius Caesar on it. You know, we're, we're ancient, ancient old money cork people. We looked down on the Normans. They were fierce common people. Do you remember the Normans? Yes. I mean, remember the Normans came to... I uh, you remember learning in school at the Normans? We were told they were more Irish than the Irish themselves. I mean, Kilkenny is a Norman city. What kind of people go to Kilkenny and say we must be more like them? Right, so I don't know why people value the Normans or internet So, no, we're, uh, we've been in the Cork now for three thousand years. And we've been down on the Black Rock Road for three thousand years. And really, what
1: are you living in the castle in Don Dunma,
7: Dunma, and Is it? Well, we have what we have is I've, I've a mansion on the Black Rock Road. We've, my country estate is Castle Reggie. Now that straddles four counties. Uh, it doesn't appear on the map for land tax reasons, <laughs> um, as you can imagine. But uh, so I'm always, you know, so it goes up to the border of Kerry. We have a massive wall there, as you can imagine, and then we. A little hedge just around the border with. with and the with tans the never
1: burnt it down or anything. You're never lost it in a property crash. Or? No, 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 no.
7: We've been very popular. With, with, with all the, with the British, we're hugely <laughs> popular with the British, as you can imagine. Although we look down on them. So no, we've been remarkably successful. And my life has been a dream, really, up until the pandemic. And it's the marina, I suppose, finished it for me with people, people like that gentleman on there now with some kind of business out in Whitechurch, walking their dogs, these designer dogs. Have you seen these people there? You're not a
1: fan of the new marina park then, no, because it's bringing too many people in, Well, this it? is
7: why I'm really, I, I think, and this is a big move, move, I'm moving out of Cork, slowly moving my life to Castle Reggie because the marina park, I mean, I see people down there in their Keyes Portages and their Glen Rovers jerseys <laughs> and what are they doing down the you know? It's, life is gone. The game's over. The game's gone, Neil. And so it's, it's, I'm, I'm done. I'm done, really. You're going to turn into a bit of a Howard Hughes then, are you? Well, no, but I mean, the beauty of being in the country, I'm big, I'm big into cycling. You know, the way the cycling now is the... I mean, 30 years ago, you wouldn't be seen dead cycling on the <laughs> Black Rock Road. People assumed you lost your job.
1: You were a but, messenger boy. But
7: precisely. But now, I mean, now it's all the biz to be seen in cycling gear. Do you Have you noticed that? You go Do- out on a Sunday... Where do you, you live where you live down in you Douglas. No,
1: I'd, I'd be Douglas.
7: Yeah. I'm very sorry to hear that. But you'll probably <laughs> notice around the cafes at the Me weekends. Me too, with all the traffic. The gentlemen, yeah. <laughs> the gentlemen there in their cycling gear at the weekends, the expensive cycling gear sitting in the cafes. So, I mean, that, that's the new way of appearing. I'd be kind of half afraid of them, actually. Well, you sh- and so you should be. Because yeah. you know the weirdest thing about them? The that's Lycra. F- they don't even own a bike. <laughs> The whole point is to be seen in the... the, You know the hive is? That's not to be seen by motorists.
1: That's to be seen They always look much smarter than me, like that I wouldn't be able to have a conversation with them. You see three or four of them standing around with their lattes. That's right. And the helmet and all the Lycron. And I think, Jesus, they'd be way too... But they're going around smart, in adult nappies. I mean, this is
7: what, you know, this is, I don't be afraid of them. Don't be afraid of them at all. But it is ridiculous. But most of them don't even cycle. So what you what you'd find actually is you might see a fellow now at 11 o'clock say in some place like Napoli in Monkstown. You know that cafe? It's quite, it's Durugur, That's French where you have to go there. But you might then go to Kinsale, drive down and they're down there as well for you. <laughs> Because they've gone go in a van, they don't actually even bother cycling.
1: You know, you're 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 mad keen to give people tips on social climbing. That's right. Why would you want to do that? Why do you, why would you want to have more people like you?
7: I well, they won't be like. See, sorry, let me explain. There's a four wrong social ladder in Ireland. <laughs> I'm on wrong one. Uh, and milky and sloppy and a couple of the lads. So uh, what I'm able to do is get other people up to wrong too. They're never going to get near my environment, obviously. But I think everyone can be improved. And, you know, Give me a few tips. How
1: how would you improve my social climate? Not that I want to. I'm happy enough as I am. But if I wanted to come across
7: this. Right. Uh, let me say, ha- just say the word. What city are we in at the moment? Cork. No. I'll, I'll give you a pronunciation. It's Cork. Orc. K Orc. K- now put it together. Cork. No.
1: K Cork. K- Cork,
7: quark. Oh, cork, quark. No, we're gonna make it more a Q, quark. Quark. Yeah. Oh, cork. You, you see that now? No, you're turning me into an American. No, 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 no. no, no you're, no, you're. I'm not. from Cork.
1: Quark. quark. Yeah, that's it. So you kind of. Do you know that what you it, I don't want to talk like that. If that's what social climbing is about.
7: But why would you want to be? Because like it's me? fakery. No, no, it's not. No, it's not. It's refinery. No, it's cork by. It's see, cork. This is this is. I mean, this is the reason. now. I'm actually on the verge of walking out the door and heading back to Castle Reggie, putting up. Okay, give castle. me another. Give me another one then. Well, let me try to think here now. What's what's the kind of the best one we came up with? The cycling was a good one. Do you know what's actually great? So I need to get culture. the culture. Like... All right, culture. The Wexford Opera Festival. <laughs> do you go? Do you no. ever? Yeah, neither do I. The place—it's a dump, right? But it's very easy to pretend you've been there, for you know, to, to, to pretend you're an opera buff. So what I do, for instance, ground and saying, "Oh God, you'd really miss Luciano, wouldn't you?" <laughs> and the pizza. Yeah. No gee this is what I'm up
1: against now I love Luciano's pizza
7: yeah but I'm actually referring to Pavarotti but, but that's what I'd say you see I'd, I'd make a mess of it in public so yeah like, I mean we have a special intense course it's a six month course I, I do the course in the, in the everyman it's only an hour I can get most people up to run too but with someone like yourself now it's your Luciano's pizza <laughs> and your cock boy so we would have a boot camp for you um, possibly in Lanzarote because they probably think that's cool have you noticed by the way in Lanzarote people go about oh we're in the nice bit in Costa Teguise <laughs> We wouldn't be seen in Playa del Carmen, now we're in Costa de Guise. Where do you go on holidays? Martinique. So you actually do go abroad? Yeah I would but like yeah. not on not on a flight out of Cork obviously no yeah. but I'd go to Martinique or I'd increasingly obviously Crookhaven not the Crookhaven you you, understand, you think there's a Crookhaven <laughs> there's a pier there but there's a secondary pier again not visible to the to the hoi polloi So, so. like
1: Kinsale Courtmac like no, you're, you're, no, no, your no, tribe would be Kinsale Kortmac Baltimore no, how do you say
7: Baltimore No 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 Kinsale really is for over promoted chartered accountants <laughs> um, who fancy sex parties so and, and, no no offence to the people in Kinsale but so that would be more so I'd have nothing to do with Kinsale. I mean, have you seen the yacht club there? I have, it's yeah, lovely, beautiful. Yeah, I know, they leave plumbers in and stuff like that into the yacht club <laughs> in Kinsale. So, no, it's just. It's, wealthy plumbers. It's an absolute disgrace as if there's any other kind. Now, I do enjoy going there because it's very handy because you know sometimes you get a leak. So, it's very handy to know a plumber.
1: You just don't want to be sitting next to one of those But I can't dance. imagine Reggie having a plumber's number on his phone. I thought you had people to do all the kind. Like, you don't cook. No, absolutely. So, you don't not. deal with tradesmen, surely. No,
7: no, no, but they can be very hard to get them. No, no, it's, no I, I'm a man. Do you not have a to, platinum credit card that gets you all those things on at speed dial? Three o'clock at night? No. And there's a leak, you know, in my giant <laughs> swimming pool or the infinity pool sometimes. Marginally must notice turn that the that level off,
1: The fuel crisis. The pool. What, what,
7: is there a few, fuel crisis? <laughs> What's this? I heard actually, my gardener was talking about some cost of living. He was talking yes, about. yeah. What's that? <laughs> Who deals with all your finances? Scobie Scobie Comerford. He'd be here today, but he's back in Mountjoy again. There was a little issue of misunderstanding. But, but you can't right.
1: have an accountant who's in the joy-like.
7: He's ripping you Where off. Where do you think he's learning all his devices? We send it well, it's the white-collar unit. Is do you know how much you're off? worth, like? No. <laughs> is that bad? Well, why would I know? Like, why would it ever come? As I'd if I'd love run to know how much you're worth. Well, I mean, it's very hard. You see, here's the problem. You, you know the price of everything and the value of nothing. Yeah. So you're trying to go, oh, your house is worth this. But I couldn't put a value, for instance, on my accent. Or my demeanour Or my gatch As you'd probably call it My gatch. posture My posture actually Has brand value right? And that's they're, they're the kind of things I'll be, I'll be teaching people In the everyman in the show In terms of social climbing Because you know There's hope for everyone Neil Even yourself
1: Even the people from Mahan Who you seem to have a 100%
7: 100% Yeah, yeah, yeah. This, this is the whole point Because you know Social climbing Are you moving sun as well To the south side or Why would I do that Because right, they're posh No because it'll drop The property prices But well, what are you going to put Where Mahan is Nothing <laughs> Wilder why would I put anything Like what are you suggesting oh maybe get somebody down from Bishopstown. Some as well Montanati oh, no no drag St. the property Luke's. prices no you know what the beauty do you know, do you know what Cork was originally yeah a marsh so I'm the idea is that I would let most of the south side just going back to being a lovely marsh right and ideal then that'll keep a good four or five kilometres between me <laughs> and people going around in
1: camogie jerseys <laughs> Oh my god, I could be here all morning But unfortunately, even you can't stop time Time is irrelevant to you, I suppose, in your world Absolutely You come
7: and go as you please I have no idea I mean, I normally wouldn't be up at this time, Neil, to be honest (laughs) This is very early
1: for me Very early Good luck with the latest venture into the gin world We'll see if we can get it stocked Thank you And I know that we've given tickets away for the show um, But it is running Started Wednesday, I think, was it? Previewed we opened last night I still have a huge din in my ear from the standing
7: ovation (laughs) So it's going very well, though. It's fabulous. And I've had a number of people saying how already they feel like they're
1: up to wrong too.
7: So it's hugely successful. So,
1: tickets available online. I don't have the contact details here, but I'm sure it's the Everyman Palace. Everymancork.com. Yeah. Okay, okay. And also on the door on the night. Absolutely. The great Reggie, back in the Everyman. Long may, long may you prosper, I suppose. I'm sure I will. Here's one for you. There once was a man called Reg. He likes to live life on the edge. He was a different class. He wouldn't wipe your ass. And his funds were all in a hedge.
7: Why would I want anything to do with Limerick? I mean don't be quoting Limericks to me. That place now you're to give me give That's
1: bi- to the goal. That's Billy M. He, <laughs> he gives Limericks every week in a hope that we give Come on, Billy. in a, in a hope that we give him some roosters, peri peri. <laughs> roosters peri peri is a different country to you, I suppose, is it? What, what is it? What is chicken, it? chicken. Oh, yes. God, who eats chicken? Spicy these? chicken. Are people
7: still eating chicken? <laughs>
1: God, God. Off you go, Reggie. Good to see you, man. Take care of yourself. Lines are open. You can text 0868104106. In spite of what Reggie says about chicken, we'll give away Free Food Friday
3: after the break. Call the Neil okay. Prenderville Show now. 0818 104 106. Red FM. If you
1: haven't been to Reggie at the Everyman yet, it's a brand new show. You need to get there. You'll have great fun. It's all new material, and it's a great way to celebrate all things cork, cork, cork. Oh, listen, I also. I got the castles round down in Blackrock. It is important that I get these things right. I said something like Dunmahan. There is isn't. There is an area, Dunmahan, down along there, but I was actually referencing Dundanyan Castle, so I'm happy to correct that. But enough of that. Last bit of business for the week that's in it. Free Food Friday winners. And I have seen this company texting for years, for an age, and I'm delighted it's come right for them in the end. Donworth Office Supplies, Forge Hill. And I should have... Is it Brina? Brina, good morning. Morning I have a problem with this now I know there's 15 or 20 of you But a lot of them are on the road So are they they're, coming back for food or what? They're
9: on route back to us at the moment
1: Okay Will they be a hungry bunch when you get them back to base?
9: Oh 100% Stay okay. over
1: there This will feed 15, of tw- 15 to 20 of you You're going to get a bunch of starters and main course You probably know exactly what's available to eat don't you?
6: Yeah. No point going we through it. it every week.
1: Okay. Well, listen, it's paid off. Thank you for listening every week, and thank you for entering the competition every week. The starters and main courses, and build your own cheesecake, and all sorts of things on the way to chicken and burgers, the lot. So, how am I going to get a cheer out of you if they're all on the road? Well,
9: there's three of us here, deal.
1: So, what kind <laughs> of sound? What kind of sound can three office people make? Let's find out, shall we? Go for it.
0: Okay, three, two, one.
1: That, that's good give me another one make it longer that'll do guys it sounds as if there's a dozen of you there you make a lot of noise for three girls fair play to you <laughs> 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 okay food's on the way by red patrollers have a great weekend congratulations to everybody at donworth office supplies take care brina thank you bye, bye. enjoy your weekend you will love the food it is just five stars and not dines will stay open you can text 0868104106 enjoy the weekend we'll pick up on all conversations on monday and i'll see you on monday
0: for more red fm podcasts go to redfm.ie forward slash podcasts